Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zom. Silver and the gold, daddy. Kamala. I just really laughed at that. Uh, I am the loafer with me, Dr. Zahn. Hey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're doing some Euro crime this week, daddy. High and low. We're doing seagulls fly low or Igibiani volano basso from 1978. And we're doing La Polizia Incrimini Incrimina La Lege Esolve, or High Crime. Oh, baby. Sam, how are you, sir? Uh, I, uh, today, I guess, I, I, I guess today was my day <laughs> to totally break my diet Uh-oh. And, to, and to eat a lot, <laughs> like from <laughs> breakfast till just right before the show started. Nice. I, I made the mistake of going to the grocery store this morning and buying some not nothing nothing like junk. I mean, like I bought like steak and hot Italian sausage and shit like mm. that. And uh, yeah, that, uh, I feel like a fucking scump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, you know pretty average week for me today was not a day a, a day to break the uh, the diet. I'm uh, not that I'm dieting, but. With the um, we we were as severely understaffed today at work than I've maybe ever seen. We had literally twelve people working in our department all day, and normally need about thirty for a Sunday. So, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, I can, I can tell you're in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it seems. I mean, it's been like a week since we've talked, and uh, you just you, you seem you seem like. Uh, you're a bit uh, out of sorts. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little irritable. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? So what? My back was really hurting today. It sucks, and that uh, and that's a good way to put you in a bad mood. It's like maybe just that's fucking, what you need. You what just, a yeah, new back? I think, well, I think maybe you just need to 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 uh, uh, be a man. <laughs> Grow some balls, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know. Well, the problem the problem was, oh man, today I in particular, I had to literally stand for eight hours on the hard fucking stone floor. Yeah, I didn't get to walk around too much, mm-hmm. and about six hours in, I really started feeling it. My back always hurts from standing there, but when I have to stand for that long. I started feeling it in my legs, like the back pain actually started shooting down my legs, uh, and I, just, I was just—I was ready to go. 
but I've been reading some comic books. And yeah. Saw a, I saw a movie. It's got me inspired. I'll talk about that in a minute. So what have you yeah. been watching this week? Inspired to, to read comic books, and that's it? <laughs> that's pretty much Must it. Be. Podcasting oh. is fucking grind, man. <laughs> yeah. What have you been watching this week? What? Uh, okay. Let's get. Let's just forget the past. Oh, look. Let's go. Who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the past. It's right in the playlist afterwards, and I thought it was ending, so I thought I'd turn up the volume. Yeah. Let us pop enjoy. Pop up the volume. Pop up the volume. Pop yeah. up the volume. Uh, may the best man. Er, may the best man live. Jason Statham. Clive Owen and Robert De Niro are Killer Elite 2011. Uh, it's directed by Gary McKendry, and I don't know who he is, but I like this movie. The first time I saw it, I was kind of like, yeah, this movie isn't that good, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the more I watch it, the more I appreciate the fucking mustaches and Clive Owen and Statham's uh, like gang of killers mm-hmm. that are kind of just fucking uh, very 70-ish, 70s-ish, or 80s, early 80s. Um, but it's not great, but it's, you know, eh, it's not bad. I like it. I watched it a couple times. Now we're going to skip back a little bit into the uh, ether or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. Now this movie, uh, I think I already said this one maybe last time, uh, Otto Preminger. Uh, maybe it was another Otto Preminger I did, but this is Advice and Consent. Uh, and it stars. I, I remember uh, you talking about that. Yeah, on the uh, on the cover of the box um, is uh, I, everything I've ever seen is uh, Henry Fonda. Mm-hmm. But then when you watch it, Henry Fonda is just a part of it. I mean, he's he's a pivotal character. The, a lot of the stuff revolves around him, but he isn't the main guy. Right, right. Uh, and uh, Charles Lawton. And, uh, oh, God, uh, Walter Pigeon. Uh, there's a whole shitload of people in this that are really good. Burgess Meredith. Um, and uh, very young Betty White is in it. That's like one of her first, I think, if not her first. Was she, uh, was she good looking ever? Yes. Yes, she was. She was a cutie. Because even when she was on uh, Mary Tyler Moore, she was she was a cutie. Uh, but this is a good movie. It's, it's, um, it, it's kind of like Lincoln. It mm-hmm. shows the inner workings of the... Uh, of uh, the Senate or the, the yeah Congress, and uh, you know it's but it's good. I like it, so it must be good if I like it because uh, I'm smart and I'm not dumb. Um, <laughs> next thing I watched was a movie called uh, it stars Donnie uh, Yen and Takashi Kanishiro and Wei Tang, and it's called Dragon, or Wu Zai from 2011. It's directed by Peter Chan. Uh, I've watched this before. Uh, my friend, um, who has never seen it, rented it. And um, uh, I think, as I said before, when I talked about it, it's, a, it's just got a different twist than what you'd expect. It has a lot of detective. It, it still has the... The karate and and or uh, kung fu and uh, uh, a lot of the really cool uh, wire stuff, but it also has a lot of forensics and detective stuff in it. So it's worth worth checking out. It's on Netflix Instant Vatch. Next thing I watched brr, was Frederick Zinnemann. I almost said Zimmerman, but it's Zinnemann. <laughs> Uh, and uh, it is the day of the jackal, 
with Edward Fox uh, as the titular Jacquel. Uh, this is a really good movie. It's based on Frederick Forsyth's book, Day of the Jackal, and uh, some uh, French military guys that are pissed off at Charles de Gaulle uh, decide they want to assassinate him. So who do they hire? Who are you going to call? The Jackal! And uh, so it's good, though. It's on Netflix instant, too. How the fuck did I get to the end of that goddamn list already? And I, you what watch happened? You watch more than that, surely? I know I, I did. Know you I did. I can I go, I can go whole... through your Facebook page and probably find them. Okay, wait a minute. I must have clicked something <laughs> and I went back too far. Okay, I watched uh, 2007's Xavier Gen directed uh, Hitman. Which is rated R, and the reason, the good part, reason it's rated R, is not because of the violence. It's because of Olga Kurienko. It gets really naked, yeah. and she is fucking hot. Jesus Christ! And the hitman, Timothy Oliphant or Raylan Givens or whatever from Justified. I don't know if he was supposed to be uh, they, the hitman when they trained him. Lived like monks, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know if they cut their nuts off and made them eunuchs, but he didn't have any interest in that puss. And she got up and walked across the goddamn room in a thong with nothing else on, showing the titties, showing those long-ass legs and that fantastic arse. And she went and leaned out on the balcony and leaned against the railing. And I said, uh, if she would have done that to me, I would have attacked her, and probably we both would have been locked up like dogs and fell over the railing to our death, but I would have kept on keeping on. Somebody would have sprayed you with the hose. Yeah. Uh, Next thing I watched was a movie directed by Dengur Kari, and it was also written by Dengur Kari, and it is 2009's The Good Heart. Now, if anybody hasn't seen this movie... Um, for some reason, it just kind of uh, flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Brian Cox and Paul Dano, and it is fucking awesome. I will buy this. I haven't seen that one. If you liked, like, Barfly, uh, it's, it's this movie's just so fucking good. I like mm-hmm. it. Yes. I do. I like it. I'm going to buy it. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know why I haven't bought it. But I did buy this movie when I was in Cincinnati. And I uh, got it for a song and a dance, which is probably like you know, between two to four dollars. And it was directed by Jacques uh, Aldiard. And it stars Tahar Rahim, Nels Astrup, Adele Ben Sharif. <laughs> and it is Un Prophet or A Prophet from <laughs> 2009. This movie fucking is awesome. I didn't know what it was. For some reason, I think I got it. Mis- I mistook it for a uh, another movie about young guys that become terrorists. So that's why I never got it because I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I watch this or not. It's a crime movie um, about a young guy who goes to prison and you know for I guess maybe like being drunk or something and beating up or fighting with cops. Mm-hmm. And but then he gets involved with these gangsters, mafia guys in prison. And stuff that happens outside the prison. It's really gritty. It's fucking good. Hmm. Uh, if you have not seen this one, this is good. It is awesome. And it was nominated for Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. I saw it in the theater. Did you? Yeah. God, it's a good movie. Yep. 
it's a li- it's a little long. I, I and I think the reason I say that is because when I was watching it, I thought it was like uh, two hours and I don't know, or an hour and forty minutes or something, and it went like uh, shit. I can't remember two and a half or something like that. And I was like, God damn it! Well, watch. Um, uh, but it's yeah, good. we're, we're uh, Matsuzaka wants us to review it, so we'll. we'll Oh, that's one of the ones with uh, Escape from Alcatraz or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll add that to the list. Yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, and then it'll save me from having to watch another movie. Let's just watch. <laughs> Let's do it next week. And we'll okay, okay. <laughs> uh, next thing I watched was a movie by a guy uh, named Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven. And this movie was uh, Total Recall from 1990. Yeah. And this stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, now that girl that we we just reviewed a movie uh, with this Rachel Ticotine. Yes. And what was it? The Fortress movie wasn't. Okay, wait, no, 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 was it for, no, no, it wasn't Fortress. It was. Uh, the hell. What did we review with her in it? Because I asked and I said, "Oh, she was in Total yeah, Recall." Yeah, and you I, said that was a girl in Total Recall. And uh, also Sharon Stone is in this. Very young. This is before she was. Uh, the one where she showed her pussy and fucked Michael Douglas, which was awesome because she was so hot. But this movie, okay, now I've watched uh, the remake, which is it's a totally different movie. It's just straight up action mm-hmm. and very serious. This movie uh, makes that one look like a, you know... Falling down. Yes, yes. She was the female cop. Um, yeah. But the Schwarzenegger Total Recall, as far as entertainment value, would be like a 10. And the one with Colin Farrell, even though I've watched it a couple times and I, I didn't mind it, would be like a, I don't know, maybe a 5. Th- this one is so – I haven't seen it in, for, in a long time. It's one that I probably saw a lot when I was younger, and then I saw it so much that I just kind of eh. – yeah put it on the shelf, but I went back and watched it with some friends and we laughed our asses off and made fun. <laughs> when his eyes pop out, that was really funny. <laughs> my eyes are popping out of my head. <laughs> uh, next thing I watched was a movie directed by Sidney Pollock. That's a guy that everybody should, that probably knows. He's famous. <laughs> and this was also written by Tennessee Williams and the screenplay was written by a, a, a guy Named Francis Ford Coppola. This movie is called This Property is Condemned uh, from 1966. Now, uh, Natalie Wood in this movie uh, will make your dick hard, okay? (laughs) Uh, She is very young, very beautiful, uh, but she has some very perky uh, boobies, and she wears these pearls that go down in between them, and It also stars Robert Redford, a young fellow that I think has a career in front of him, and a guy named Charles Bronson, and also Robert Blake. Yay. And uh, I think the the girl that is Natalie Wood's um, sister is the little girl from To Kill a Mockingbird, and also the the woman, oh god, Kate Reed, who was in. Uh, the movie we reviewed, uh, Andromeda Strain, yeah. the, the kind of uh, grouchy woman scientist, she plays Natalie Wood's mother. <laughs> this movie's pretty good. Uh, Tennessee Williams movies, uh, they're full of a lot of, uh, you know, well, what was the one? Didn't we uh, review the one 
where uh, uh, Baby Doll or whatever. Hey, Baby yeah, Doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pussy Baby Doll. It's very similar to that in feel because, you know, he, he uh, writes a lot about the South. Uh, and But it's a good movie. Goddamn great cast. Holy shit. Uh, next thing I, I watched, this other guy, this director. I had some young up-and-coming directors. This guy's name is Alfred Hitchcock. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's a movie called Topaz from 1969. And um, this was a best-selling novel. Uh, it takes place uh, uh, around the time or right before the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, the Cubans are in uh, come to New York uh, with you know, sh- uh, which they actually did. Uh, Shea Rivera and all of them, uh, you know, they were in New York and. Uh, uh, it's an espionage uh, movie, but it's not like a James Bond espionage. It's more like a Jean Lacarre espionage. And John Vernon, who plays Dean Vernon Wormer in Animal House, is a Cuban in this. <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't really have a a really <laughs> famous cast. Uh, he... Uh, you know, you have John Vernon, but uh, it, it has more of an international cast. And this guy, Frederick Stafford, plays the main guy. Uh, and he, um, he, I don't think he ever went on to be any, or to do anything really, uh, uh, anything other than like uh, European stuff. Now, uh, John Forsythe, who played in a lot of stuff and was the voice of Charlie from Charlie's Angels is also one of the stars. Uh, next thing I watched, what the fuck? What the fuck did I just do? I got to quit doing this. I, I'm better off writing stuff down on a piece of paper so I don't <laughs> fuck it up because I'll start clicking and then I fuck it up. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, I think that might be it. Mm. I'm almost positive. Let me check here real quick because sometimes things just get out of hand. Oh, there's also there's more. Jesus Christ, what am I thinking? I watched, uh, <laughs> but I don't have the, the the director, so I know you're heartbroken about that. I watched uh, Pork Chop Hill with Gregory Peck. Now this also had a, 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 a famous cast uh, because it was a lot of young guys that were up and comers that had small parts as in Gregory Peck's platoon, including George Papard, Robert Blake, Woody Strode. Uh, oh, uh, Rip Torn plays his brother-in-law, who was also on Pork Chop Hill in Korea. This is a true story. Uh, it's pretty good for a, an old war movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably the last thing, and I'm pretty sure it's the last thing. I watched Coria Coria Lanus with Ray Fiennes and Gerard Butler again. I got it on Blu-ray. Threw it in, watched it, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, um, boy, he's a dick in that <laughs> that's all i have to say but i liked it sweet looks good in blue too um let's see well this is one i watched last week i just forgot to mention it uh, there's a there was a bbc uh documentary i guess it's just like a 60 minute thing that, uh david bowie and the story of ziggy stardust oh. um it was pretty good it's like uh it it's it's really when it says the story of ziggy stardust it's not the not the album Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. It's it's kind of like uh, it gives a little early history of David Bowie and how he was kind of like trying to find his niche in the music market and like there's some funny shit he did like a kids album and stuff and um, but it wasn't until Hunky Dory that he kind of really kind of started making it and then uh, then he made Ziggy Stardust and then you know this it talks about that the guy from the lead singer of Pulp um, Jarvis something or other uh, he he uh, Jarvis Cocker. 
he he narrates it um and it just says it just kind of follows this to his um well a c- couple years as being Ziggy Stardust and then pff, he's done like he's like yep eh, I'm not gonna do it anymore yeah does he sing uh babies on fire <laughs> no that's no, not his and did they show him and Iggy Pop having sex no but they did talk about Iggy Pop uh, really become like being part of his like crew like first Bowie kind of hooked up with uh, Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. And they they hung out, and then kind of then uh, Iggy Pop got mixed into it, and then um, I have the the Ziggy Stardust um, live live concert DVD, mm-hmm. and that's where that's like the last show. Like he he told his band before we start this song, let's uh, you know draw out the beginning a little bit. I have an announcement to make, and he didn't tell anybody what it was, and just right there on the stage, he's like, "This is our last show ever." And you know, even the band was like, "What?" <laughs> and that was the like the, he was done being Ziggy Stardust after that, and like he just moved on to other things. So sometimes that's what you uh, that's what well you have to do. Yeah, yeah. When you're creative, um, uh, so that's why we're announcing that we're going to start a <laughs> new podcast called the Group Group Cast. <laughs> the Group Group Cast. Um, the Group 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 <laughs> Cast. <laughs> the uh, let's see. I, um, so my wife started. She was she was picking something on Netflix, and she's she picked this movie from 2012. I don't remember the name of it. We started watching about 10 minutes of it, and she even brought it up for us. She's like, "This isn't very good," and it was kind of like it had some culty type stuff in it. It was European, and it was pretty bad. So I was like, "Well, I've got, I can think of a movie with some culty type stuff in it that I'd seen already." I don't think it was her cup of tea, but uh, the movie Kill List, which I had seen already, it's that British. It's a British. Hitman movie that really takes a weird turn. Yeah, um, it's a weirdo movie. I, I, I still, I still quite liked it. It's, it's one of those things, and I don't know if you get this sometimes, where you sit down with a movie with people you know and you really want them to like it, and you can yes. tell it's kind of they're not liking it, so it's kind of affecting what you're looking at. Too. Yeah, and that's what's weird is that it, it, it could be something that you really think, oh my god, you gotta see this, you gotta see this. You get this big build up, <laughs> then they sit there like fucking, you know, like. God, this sucks. And then you start <laughs> thinking, okay, really, it really isn't that, you know, that's okay. Right. She you know, it right does. It. It's weird. It's a weird one. So, Mary. I should have known better. Uh, but kill list. Talk again. Um, let's see. Uh, stayed in the horror genre. I haven't seen this in a while. And um, last week I mentioned that I was watching Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did finish Superman 2. And um, I. I should have left that one as a memory. I'll say that. <laughs> I just kissed my dog in case anybody just heard that big smooch. Smooch. Superman 2. Superman 2, not great. Um, Which if, is Superman 2, okay. That's Zod and uh, the okay. chick. And, yeah, yeah. and that big guy that's like... Mm. Yeah, uh, I tell you, if you have fond memories of it, maybe leave it as, leave it as that. Away. Yeah, it's not a very good movie. Um I, you know, I I like I still like it, but it's really corny. Uh, and this is still the, this is a Richard Donner cut too. So this is the one that he wanted out. And I could imagine I haven't seen the other one in years and years, the Richard Lester uh, theatrical cut. Um, but this one does this one does forego the the super kiss that makes Lois Lane forget that he's Superman, and it also forgets his stupid like peel away Superman logo that wraps up. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. big uh, yeah, they, that, that one's not in it either. They um, had some uh, Zod and his crew had some very disco-ish 
like kiss sort of. <laughs> yeah, they were, it was like slits down the side of the pants oh, and everything. Brutal. Kind of, yeah. But that chick was kind of hot. She was. She kind of made me horny when I was young. Hornier, I'm sorry. Hornier. Yeah, well, uh, fucking, uh, Su- Superman 2 still had me on nostalgia kick, so I checked out Poltergeist, which I hadn't seen in years and years, and this movie still holds up really well. Um, I, was I, uh, very more in that? No, this was, which is odd you say that, because I did post something about uh, Poltergeist and E.T. being similar movies. Mm. Um, but this is... Um, Craig T. Nelson is the dad. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kids are not somebody... Uh, the little girl in it, The they're here. Like, she really yeah. never did anything besides the Poltergeist movies, so I don't know whatever happened to her. I like Craig T. Nelson uh, not as much for his acting, but as for his political views. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Drunk did po- and stupid. <laughs> I, did, I, did post about, I did post some uh, snarky comments about that as I was watching it, so... But Poltergeist, I mean, I was surprised to see it was PG. I think the only thing keeping it uh, from being, well, I don't know if they had PG-13 in 1982. This would definitely be at least PG-13 now because, I mean, there's a dude that, like, peels his face off. There's some pretty scary stuff in it. So um, I think it would probably be a PG-13 movie now. It just doesn't have any profanity in it. So, I mean, the parents even smoke pot at one point. What? the, yeah, the kid That's a walks, bad example. The kid say. walks in and uh, Craig T. Nelson and mom are smoking weed in bed. Maybe that's why they were seeing all those ghosts. Yeah, the they big were smoking sherm. It was dipped in fucking angel dust. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I watched... Um, so, uh, I think Jake... I don't remember who brought it up initially. Talking about the, the Hong Kong actor Beardy. Um, his name is... What is his name? Lung Karyan or something like that. He, uh, I was asking some opinions on which beardy movie I should watch, and t- Hong Kong Godfather seemed to be the, the choice. So I watched that. Jesus Christ, this movie, man. It's that. Uh, this is a very. It's a. It's a. It's a triad type movie, and it's about one guy. Beardy plays this guy who's retired and he kind of owns the nursery now. Um, his former triad members are still doing their thing and uh he kind of gets kind of you know it's kind of like that story pulling back into it they (laughs) i tried to get away they kept pulling me back in um but the uh there's hardly any guns in this movie which is usually weird for a gangster movie but everybody has a fucking bladed weapon of some sort one dude even uses like a hand saw like slashing people (laughs) at one point like it's a very stabby movie man it's it, it in the 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 action, the action set piece at the end in an office building is fucking amazing. So this is worth checking out. It's like an hour and a half long, and it's pretty balls out the entire time. So I love hour and a half movies. Yeah, that one, too. the hour and ten minutes is good too. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. It's got a lot of rape. Watch some. Oh, I watched some documentaries <laughs> uh, this week. Um, I watched Hitler's Children. Uh, this is on Netflix Instant. This is. Um, now Hitler himself did not have any kids, but um, not even Dante. Not even Dante, although he might be a distant relative of some sort, okay. um, maybe like a kid of a cousin. This is mainly like Himmler's uh, relatives, uh, Gehring, like guys like that. Um, top Having not to carry to- around that last name. Well, that well one okay. So and there's some really a couple of the people. The way they start it, the way it's structured, the first people they talk to are like are like uh like their great uncle 
was a top Nazi official. But there's like one guy who, and, I, and I'm really having trouble remembering the names of the people. Aaron von Raschke. Aaron von Raschke was a, was the uh, <laughs> the one. He was a uh, you know direct son of I think the guy that operated. Um, Heydrich or it might have been it might have he, he, he might have been the guy front that was like uh, the governor of Poland after the Nazis took over. Um, Ivan Potsky. His <laughs> yes, his <laughs> it was his son, and basically basically his son had had uh, dedicated his entire life to he'd written a couple books and he had dedicated his life to traveling around and talking to classes about how awful his parents were, um, and like he had lost touch with all of his. Uh, siblings. He was the last sibling alive. The last sibling he talked to was his sister who had moved to South Africa because she loved the apartheid regime. And the last conversation they ever had was her trying to disprove the uh, Holocaust by saying they didn't have enough time to burn that many Jews because you'd have to burn one every 1.6 seconds or something. And that's the last time he ever talked to his sister. And he, he would just go and just talk about, like he said, he spent all these years uh, researching his father just hoping to find just one thing that his father did nice for somebody and he never could. And, yeah. uh, and this other, uh, another woman, um, I think this was either Gehring or Himmler's uh, daughter. Um, she had no idea. It was years later that she was at a bar that she even knew what her dad had done when she was a child. Um, she thought I that hate his... to think of what my dad has done. <laughs> well, no. well, she found out from a guy that was a, a, a survivor of this particular work camp. Ugh, that um, would be so awful. Who, who was the who was the guy that uh, that uh, Fines played in Schindler's List? Oh, uh, Go- Goth or whatever. I can't remember what the hell his last yeah. name was. That's that was uh, Dante's uh, picture. Yeah. So this was her, her dad, and she had no idea. And she asked her mom once because she always assumed just because it was her dad that yeah his camp was different than the rest of them. And she yes. asked her mom like, did he ever kill any Jews? And her mom was like maybe a few and she's like what does a few mean like four or five and she said her mom just freaked out and like beat her basically yeah, four or just, five million it was never uh, talked yeah. about and then she said that she found out initially because this guy that was a holocaust survivor was like he freaked out when he found out that it was his daughter and then she saw schindler's list and she said she had like a uh, panic attack because she had no idea um it's really interesting hitler's children you should i mean you should well, yeah well can you imagine i mean it's it Say there was a movie, I can't remember if it's Jessica Lang or uh, maybe, um, where um, she found out that her father, who she knew and loved and grew up with, and I mean he treated them good. I mean she was mm-hmm. he was a loving father, but she found out that I think it might it might have been somebody else, but found out that he was a Nazi war criminal and oh. that was involved in that shit. That would be so fucking ugh. yeah. It's uh, it's 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 a really interesting watch. It's just kind of like people talking, but uh, they have some really interesting stuff to say. One of them is a grand a grandson of one of the war criminals. Of his dad ran out, his grandfather ran Auschwitz, uh. and he was going to Auschwitz for the first time in his life. And he had all these family photos, and he was looking at the yard that the kids used, his dad used to play in. And he hadn't talked to his dad in twenty years because his dad was still the same. I started oh, watching it. The uh, I started watching it. It's on Netflix Instant. I started mm-hmm. watching it, and then I ended up having to go to work, so I only saw like the first, probably fifteen minutes. Yeah, of the, the fir- one girl. The first she was two saying girls that, aren't as aren't as interesting because they both yeah, moved to America, and yeah, they moved to America, and she said that like, but the funny thing was that uh, in 
don't know if well, it's not funny, but I mean, she said I think one of them said when they lived in Germany that having the last name of say uh, Goering or whatever was not a big deal. Yeah, it, it was only till she moved and then she you know got married or whatever, changed her name or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. it's so. it's it's definitely worth the watch. It's not too long either. So. Um, the other one that it recommended, Netflix does the whole recommendation thing, was one called The Flat. This was not great. Um, this was uh, basically a documentary filmmaker. His his grandmother who uh, or his grandparents left Nazi Germany in the 30s for uh, Israel and had lived there for 70 years. His grandmother has just passed away and he's kind of he was documenting like cleaning out her old apartment in in uh, Tel Aviv. But in the process, finds all these documents and letters where she used to write. Uh, keep she, you know, had lots of correspondence with a former Nazi official, and he was just kind of trying to figure out why and what what made it like that's interesting, I guess. But what made it not so much like where it, where it kind of failed? The generation that came between his grandparents and him, you know, his parents, mm. uh, the Nazi guy's daughter. They're all just they were all just kind of like, well, we don't really talk about these things. Like his mom didn't really seem interested. She was just kind of like shrugged her shoulders a lot. Like, I don't know, I just never really asked like about their about being in Germany and everything. And, and it, it really kind of like every time they were on the screen, it was just like, you know, because they had they contributed nothing to his story at all, except kind of just forgetting about what happened. So, yeah, it was yeah. all right. It, it, it wasn't that great. Um, let's see. I went to the movies a couple times. What? I know. Um, first one I watched was This is the End. Uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, Jay Baruchel, or how do you, how do you say his name? I've heard good things about Jonah that. Hill, Craig Robinson. It's pretty fucking funny, man. Uh, Michael Sarah plays like this cokehead who's hilarious, but most people just play like a hyper hyper version of themselves. Uh, um, Danny McBride is pretty much the character he plays in uh, everything. Well, in mainly in Eastbound and Down. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a lot of people that just appear like in the background and stuff. Um, it's really a Seth. It seems like a Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel like story. I think it's probably yeah. one they made up when stoned. Um, <laughs> it's 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 really ridiculous, um, and there's more dick than tit in it. So, <laughs> uh, it's definitely there's anything wrong with that. No, it's funny. It's it, it's done very humorously. It, if anything, I could say about it, it's just, it's too long. But you know, it's an end of the world movie that's absolutely insane. So more um, dick than tit. Yep it's 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 a it's a funny it's a pretty pretty damn funny movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So no tranny. There wasn't like there wasn't any trannies in it where you would get both dick and no, no, yep, no trannies. Um, it's mostly the six of them in the house after the world has ended. So, <laughs> and I watched. Uh, I went again and watched Man of Steel. Well, this is one I had only seen one trailer for it, um, but I was still excited to see it. I'm not. I've I've never been a Superman reader for the most part. Um, I, I've really, I, I read Superman stories because I've been into green lantern for quite a while and there's inevitable crossover there just because one, the, I guess, quote unquote power levels of each are very similar. So they have, you know, they have a lot of cluster crossover there. Plus you got the justice league and all that. Um, but this movie, like I know a lot of people are shitting on it, but I had a lot of fucking fun with this. Yeah. Uh, the first half, um, was a very nice as far as character development and the second half 
I mean, maybe it's a little more than half. Maybe like an hour and twenty of of Clark, aka Cal L, growing up, and then about forty forty five minutes at the end of just shit blowing up. Well, you know, I heard somebody say something about like you know, well, you know, the last part of it's just like nothing but them fighting and throwing each other through buildings and stuff. I'm like, well, fuck, I'll, you know. What do you, I don't know what you. I don't, what I think. What I say about that. I'm not sure what you want from a Superman yeah. movie. And let, I mean, you know, if it was, and I'll tell you, watching a fight between Zod and and uh, Clark Kent in 1980 was it's a he- big difference. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, like in that movie, Zod throws a truck, basically, or it it like slides across the ground and smashes Superman against a building, and everybody walks out. Superman's dead. And this one, they're fucking throwing like like a dude picks up a van and throws it at a helicopter, which is that's a lot more in line with how the comic has been for years and years and years. Fuck yeah, and they didn't, they just didn't have the technology back then. I understand that, but man, these fucking fights, like this is about, I for me, this is about as like about as good as a as like a a superhuman type fight that I've seen, like being able to throw each other through buildings and stuff. And you have people saying, Oh, all the damage they did to Metropolis. That's like every storyline ever in Superman, half of Metropolis gets destroyed. You, yeah. It's it's a comic book movie. And it, I, I'm not, underst- I'm not sure I under, I understand exactly what people are looking for in a Superman movie. If not two very super strong dudes, just beating the shit out of each other for a little well, while. Well, that's the thing like with, with uh, the fucking Hulk movies, you know, okay, Bruce Banner running around being like whiny ass bitch fucking, uh, uh, what's his, Ed Norton running around doing uh, yoga, trying to fucking keep it in check. I want to see the Hulk fucking fighting. <laughs> you'll, you'll, ass. I think you'll like Man of Steel if you haven't seen it already. So uh, it's it's it was a lot of fun. I thought it was cool. And, and it made me this week, I, I mean, I've gone back and I've been reading some Superman comics. I, I, I picked up kind of a random uh, area. I really like the writer Jeff Johns a lot. Um, and... So I was trying to find some uh, comics. I know that he worked on Superman for a while, and it just so happens where he started writing is where I pretty much left off reading yeah. DC Comics back in the mid-2000s after the Final Crisis event. And uh, the p- story picks up, and Superman has lost his powers and everything, and so it's kind of like Clark Kent living as Clark Kent for a little while um, and you know him getting help from Green Lantern and getting help from all those guys. Um, but it's, it's really some neat stories and, uh, you know, he's definitely creatively handled, um, uh, the Superman character. Uh, I just, I've just finished reading one where, uh, Richard Donner actually helped write the storylines and it was a Zod storyline where he escapes with the chick and the big dude and from the phantom zone and comes to earth and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's cool. So I'm looking forward to the next one. I know, I know uh, the next movie I know there were some uh, Easter eggs in there uh, of potential future stuff that could uh, be, you know, they show up again. And I don't want to spoil any of that. So if you haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's it's I, I thought it was a good movie. I'm looking forward to see what else they do with the Justice League type people. And I hope and I know I, I, it's kind of shitty of me to say, but I hope they do something else with Green Lantern. Like, it's fine. Let's stay with the first movie. But. Maybe hope, hopefully if they do another one and like Sinestro is kind of the main villain, it could be a little more interesting than it was last time. They just I think they just tried to do too much with the first Green Lantern movie. And they always try and do too much. Yeah, uh, for, you know. I don't think they tried to do too much with this one. It was well done. Mm. 
Um, so, uh, Mark Strong is fucking. You know, he was born to fucking play Sinestro. He looks yeah. like yeah. And Sinestro. if if they can do it just a Sinestro story and do it in outer space, do some Yellow Ring stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. And have him maybe form the um. Sinestro the, Core, the, the Sinestro Core, the Yellow Lanterns, whatever. And then they need the red ones, the black ones, the blue ones, <laughs> yeah. the indigo yeah. ones, and, and it's like Jesus Christ. So it'd be cool they, they would see, probably try and do that, throw all that shit in there once. It'd be cool to see like uh, another Superman movie with Lex Luthor or something. It'd be cool to see uh, another Green Lantern movie, and maybe we'll see. I don't. Uh, maybe we'll see as a Justice League movie. So fucking, you know, they need to bring in Solomon Grundy. Yeah, or fucking Bizarro would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, I, I don't like when they, they just keep going back to the same, you know, you have goddamn 60 fucking years of, of different villains and everything and going back to the same ones. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, even, okay, now, like, I know you said that the that the one they just did with Zod was, was good. Yeah. And Zod's a really good character, and it's been long enough, but they've already done that. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, fuck, bring on some other shite. I know. I mean, it's like a- Luther, you know, I mean, okay, it's it's been done. I mean, you know, uh, you can do it again and, it, you know, with a lot of this. I think, well, Luther, I mean, have, have Luther and have right. Luther have some, like, henchman type, you know, guys helping him out. He's yeah. better as a mastermind and kind of getting, like, fucking Metallo or... Yeah. Or Bizarro or whatever to help him out. So, uh, um, what's his name? Yeah, Bizarro would be good. Yeah. Getting on there and fucking talking all that backward gibberish. <laughs> so, and the the last thing I watched this week was uh, in maybe honor. Maybe not. What? Maybe not. Maybe that wouldn't be good. It's funny to think about, but I don't yeah, know it might suck. Um, yeah. If they if they handle Bizarro seriously and not make him a comic character, yeah, I think it could be cool, like a <laughs> like a genetically engineered reverse Superman kind of thing. <laughs> Um, the last thing is uh, in honor of podcasts without honor and humanity. Uh, I watched Battles without honor and humanity. Uh-huh. Yakuza Papers Volume One. Um, I've been sitting on this, I guess, quintilogy. I don't know Me how many too. five movies. I've got it for a long fucking time, and I finally watched the first one. This movie gets pretty fucking wild a few times. There's dudes losing arms and stuff in this thing. And the way they shoot guys in this movie, they don't just like run up and like pop a guy and run off. They come up to the dude and put the gun against his chest and fire. Yeah, I was kind of like you. I saw your comment and 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 uh, I've I started watching it a couple times. Uh, and it's hard to keep up with who. Yeah, who. It, but I mean, I don't get. I need to stick with it and, and yeah. get into it, you know. And once and, everybody uh, starts dying off, you, you you'll see the people sticking around, and it's, <laughs> you start to get who's. And I think uh, there's a, a a main character. I think this Hirano guy that uh, is on the cover. I think he's a central character to all the whole thing. And it's supposedly based on like a true story of like based on like these newspaper articles written from a Yakuza member's journal entries or something. So. Uh, but it's good stuff. Uh, check it out. Um, and that's all I watched. Um, got a long intro. Let's take a break and come back. Uh, and let's okay. do, let's do, uh, we'll do the low of high and low Eurocrime first. We'll do seagulls fly low right after oh. this. No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that Amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. 
few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamacus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers. Would you like to try to uh, synopsize this one? A hired killer finds himself <laughs> the haunted and also finds love in between. I wish every synopsis would be like that on, on uh, IMDb. That would be awesome. Uh, this movie stars Large Williams' favorite Eurocrime actor, Maurizio Merli. It also stars uh, Na- Natalie. I guess that's Natalie? Natalie yeah. Delon. Uh, that name sounds familiar. There's a reason why. <laughs> she was married to Elaine for like a year. <laughs> she had a samurai sword stuck in her. Uh, yeah, yeah, we get it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I gotta turn the music down. Sorry. All right. Um, also stars some other people. I think um, Mel, it does have other people. Mel Ferrer, Fer- Ferrer, Ferrer, yeah, Ferrer. Ferrer. Yeah. And who else? Anybody else that I've known? Um, I recognize. I don't know. I don't really recognize. Not really. Else. I looked. Up, I looked up just about everybody. Mm-hmm. And Mel Ferrer and. Uh, um, Maurizio Merli were well, and then like you said, Delon is just because of Delon. Yeah, and I don't think she was ever. Uh, she probably wasn't too famous for anything other than being married to, to him. And she honestly, she's kind of forgettable in this too. Yeah, um, it's directed by Giorgio Chris, Cristalini. He didn't um, do shit. He didn't do shit either. <laughs> this was pretty much almost his last movie. Made. Yeah, it was almost his last movie besides something called Let's Go Crazy in 1988, which probably is awful. Um, what's yeah, not not starring Prince. Uh Four Gunmen of the Holy Trinity. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have anybody I recognize in it. Um, so anyway, what you have here, as um eloquently put, um, is a, a hitman. Um it's a this hitman is a, a very furry Maurizio Merli. Um I mean like stash blowing in the wind furry, uh, which I can relate to. Yeah. Um 
but uh, it's it's weird seeing the main in a Eurocrime. Now, these Eurocrime movies are we we've covered some on the show before, but the these Eurocrimes are kind of like. I guess they're almost like Dirty Harry spinoffs. Usually it's like a, a roguish type cop who's going against the, the authority to kind of take the law into his own hands kind of thing. Um, this one's from the other side of things. This one, not, this was not the Polizia type movie. This is, uh, this is all from the, or all, pretty much all from the criminals side of things. And um, when you have Merrily who has been hired by this group of, uh, we'll say Republicans, to assassinate... <laughs> I didn't get that at all. They're just like rich assholes. Um, well, well, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. The uh, <laughs> but they're hired to kind of kill, like, kill off one of their board members who isn't uh, agreeing with their choice to take their corporation or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, but what happens is they're like, hey, we will after this guy. Then the guy he assassinates is named Martini. And after Martini's gone, um, there's some other guys on the board. They're like, well, we, you know. I think I know who did this. We have a description of him and blah, 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 and they get his passport and everything. Um, but it's weird seeing the main in a Eurocrime be kind of as helpless as Merely is. You're used to seeing, as we'll talk about in the next one, the Franco Nero type who fucking wears awesome suits and uh, jumps on the back of cars and slaps the piss out of criminals. Um, in this one, he's pretty much running for his life almost the entire time or just getting beat up. Um yeah. He's kind he just, of a puss. Well, well, you know, yeah, he's paid to do something. He is definitely emotionally wrecked. If not, he's, he's got post-traumatic stress. He does, and I wish that little montage there. I, I really wish they played into that more. It kind of missed a, a beat there. So he he suffers he suffers from flashbacks of some sort. He um, uh, every once in a while you'll get like kind of a he, he has a very tormented mind it's kind of a, the screen turns red once it's actually like vietnam footage um but you know it shows some other flashbacks where he's kind of remembering things he kind of spaces out and he just kind of the screens has this red hue to it and um so that's kind of setting up his character the, i mean the you know the the what this movie has going for it right off the bat is a pretty good like fast score so if anybody likes Eurocrime for the music this this is a pretty good example um one thing i didn't really like is that it would go from like the fast music to silent pretty quickly uh i wish it kind of would fade out a little better the music just kind of stops abruptly um some of the slow music in it is kind of mad but the, there's this one recurring piano part that i thought was pretty good the kind of the theme of the movie i guess and uh, the you know the print we watched it, this is one of these ones that's kind of like been lost over time I think the print we watched is pretty muddy. Um, what was that of, language that the uh, subtitles? Greek. Was that it Russian? Had, just, it had oh, Greek, Greek subtitles. Yeah, it really obscures like the 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 quality of the print really obscures some of the nighttime stuff. This is one that would probably benefit pretty well from getting remastered at some point. If anybody could find a good, there's probably a good dub of it or a good. If uh, anybody would want somewhere. to. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's it, it's hard in this one to get a good read on the acting as well because the dubbing in this is pretty bad, um, and that's uh, that's unusual too for Eurocrimes because a lot of the times the the when you get these ones that are uh, dubbed in English, I've seen quite a few of them, um, but they they typically if they typically hired you know unlike you know Japanese anime stuff like that where you get some pretty horrendous voice yeah. actors they they typically hired pretty quality actors for to do the english dubbing in these movies back in the day it wasn't bad 
Um, but yeah, this one, I, I don't know. The, the, the actors were, the dubbing actors were not great. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that Merrily ever did his own lines. I think he might have only known an Italian. Unlike Nero, who you could t- you, you hear his voice in the next one. I rec- you recognize mm-hmm. his voice, and he dubbed his own in his own parts. So. But um, yeah, I mentioned furry furry Merrily. Uh, they um, one thing I do like about these Euro crimes is they have this ability to go so abruptly from a cityscape to just these fucking dumps. Like there were some really Mm. shitty looking places around Rome and stuff back in the seventies. And that's what happens in this one. I mean, he's, he gets off a plane and immediately he's just like, it looks like a dump. I mean, it looks like a a garbage heap or something. He goes into this trailer where this guy is and there's a, you get the creepy sounding Vietnam flashback at that point. Uh, The red haze, like I mentioned and everything, but um, but he goes in and you know says he has a meeting with this guy. He's he's dressed like an old uh, Vietnam vet, basically. He wears the like faded green jacket and the aviators all the time. I fucking love that picture. I've probably posted that picture of him and his aviators and his mustache <laughs> like eighteen times on our group. Um, but um, what group? Exactly. The, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know the, you get you get you start to see, and this is something that uh, another kind of recurring theme in Eurocrime movies is the uh, kind of the the class differences between. Well, and this one is between the hitman and the guys that hired him. But you, you'll you'll get the class differences like the working cop versus the higher ups, or the or uh, criminals having money versus the normal people being stuck in the middle of this battle or, you know, that court sort of thing. And you get kind of that class warfare thing here too, which is a pretty, that was a nice go-to plot uh, device for these, these movies. If you yeah, appreciate that sort of thing. Fucking assholes. Yeah. Wait, you must always protect power. Yeah. One must always protect power is kind of the thing, um, which as soon as they said that, I it's really laughed. Power. Because, yeah, this is right after Martini has been assassinated. And what made me laugh, they're talking about, they, you know, they're obviously rich. They're talking about protecting power. And he throws Martini's, like, nameplate from the table away in this, yeah. like, cheap-ass-looking plastic trash can. <laughs> he didn't even have the, he didn't even have a decent-looking trash can. But, um, so Martini's men know his identity and he's he's now having trouble getting out of the country because there's you know there's gentlemen that don't that obviously didn't want martini dead either um so he you know he travels to the airport he's trying to get out and there's guys there looking for him already they have his they have a either a copy of his passport i don't know if they actually have his passport but uh merely he what is his name in the movie do they ever say uh, uh, well, they, it says Albert Morgan, but that was just the that was a fake name. Yeah, he had a fake name. Yeah, I guess they yeah. never really say his name because he goes by Albert Morgan, and then he I think did, it was he, Will Smith. Will, yes, he goes by another name too that started with a P. I think like like Peter or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he goes back to the guys that hired him. Uh, what's the guys that hired him? That's where it gets a little confusing. It was a little. Little little confusing at times with the who was who exactly of who was who wanted who dead, um, so he had guys that were driving him at first, and then they're then hired to kind of track him down after that. Um, they're like, you know, hey, we know who it is, but in the in the meantime, after they're hired to kill, go back and kill him, he gets a makeover. Um, and this is the, the, and the mustache is gone, unfortunately, but he also gets a nice haircut and he's wearing a nice, you know, nice clothing, nice clothing after that, which gets 
pretty not nearly as nice as it goes on. He's got like a five o'clock shadow by the end of the movie and stuff. And he, you know, he's pretty stressed out. His suit looks really sweaty and dirty. But uh, I did laugh at that part when he gets the makeover because you see his face, um, the handsome Merrily face. And then this doctor guy steps in front of him and says, oh, one more thing. And he, st- he steps in front of him and then like steps to the side and his face looks the same. I was wondering what exactly he changed when he, <laughs> when he stepped back. Put his dick up to his lips. That was <laughs> the payment. One more thing. Bloop. Payment time. <laughs> Bloop. Um, the, um, so at this point, he's now changed his identity and he needs help getting a passport. And that's kind of the rest of the story. Um, he's still trying to make his way out of the out of the country. He's from America and he's just been brought over to kill this one guy and he got, he got blackmailed into doing it. It's not like he was yeah, a yeah, yeah. professional assassin or And he something. said something about it, like some letter he wrote or something that happened in the war that yeah. they they basically had some shit on him and they're like we need you to kill this guy and they're, they they I mean they gave him some money and they gave him a way out of the country but that kind of got fucked up because the other guys wanted him dead. And uh, his buddy, McKaylee, who gives him the, you know, McKaylee, was that his name? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Like, yeah, McKaylee. That's who Mel Ferrer played. Um, uh, you know, he he's promised him a passport. And he says, you got to go see so-and-so, um, blah, blah, blah. So the, the he's second still ha- pretty loyal to him. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Merrily goes back to him. And he's like, you know, because the the whole thing is he's so damaged that even after he kills the fucking guy, he goes out and gets in his car and he starts having a flashback and just sits in the fucking car. And I mean, in any second, uh, the cops could have showed up. And but the, the reason that he the whole thing fell apart was when he was at the airport, he panicked yeah. and he was so paranoid that that they were going to get him that. Uh, you know, something happened on the plane where they had to unload the passengers, and he was so paranoid he just kept looking over, thinking, "I know that they're they're looking at me, they're looking at me." And it wasn't even didn't have anything to do with him. It was just some woman. They, got, they probably would have missed him entirely. Yeah. yeah, but but that just blew it because then he was so stupid. Well, not <laughs> stupid. I mean, if you did that, you would be yeah, paranoid. Yeah. But um, he actually left his passport there and just took off well then they had a fucking passport and they were like oh this guy that's, when, you he five has, yeah, it's him. that's when they have to change his yeah his, his look and then and they had name. like a that that one uh it, it it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh the walter Matthau movie and in, in, in the only in this way a charlie varick where he's going to different underworld people like uh to get Mm-hmm. The makeover to get uh, the passports uh, and money right, and all right. this and that and uh, and um, so he's going around and dealing with all these really scummy people and um, and but you know even when things are when things are at their worst that's when you find love. <laughs> um, and speaking of which, yeah, that and that he uh, in 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 running away that's uh, running away from the guys trying to kill him they they you know they figure out his new look and everything for the most part and yeah. um that's when he runs into um uh delon well natalie natalie delon um she runs a dress shop and he kind of goes in there kinda trying to duck away from the guys chasing him in a car and um she kind of takes him under his wing now i wish i don't know the romance forming at this point, it seemed a bit a little cliche. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of see it coming. 
I'm not really yeah. spoiling anything by saying it. I mean, you know, she's in there. And I don't know. Are there any movies you can think of where, like, it has a similar plot, but maybe the person helping the guy on the run is, tr- like, the, the guy on the run is, are they, like, trying to do it for another reason other than they're, like, falling in love with them? Like, I, I, I'd like to see, I think this movie could kind of work if it was, like, a guy helping him. And he had a, he had a, a some other reason other than I'm falling for you kind of thing for helping. Well, they could still have that. If it's well, okay. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> well, what would the reason be? I don't know. Like, I mean, like the guy lives a boring life and he, he, you know, in helping this guy, he sees this like excitement thing and he's just trying to like latch onto that or something. I don't know. Just something different than kind of like the rape guy in 13th. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Third, yeah, you know? exactly. He just is like, shit, man, I'm working in a gas station. You know, here comes this guy with a big bushy mustache and bleach blonde hair. I might just fucking <laughs> go run around with him and take yeah. a chance of getting killed. I mean, there's some really corny dialogue between them. Like, uh, it's he, very, it's very like three days of the Condor when Redford just shows up in, in uh, Faye Dunaway's fucking apartment, and the next thing you know, they they fall in love and like you know, it it, it just happens way too. Yeah, I mean, and he gives a line something corny like. Anything I don't understand makes me suspicious. <laughs> like what? Yes. And then we're both alone, alone on the inside. <laughs> now, when I was watching this, uh, the one thing I thought was is uh, uh, one thing that would have made this movie great is if he was. You didn't see all the beginning stuff, and he shows up at this girl's thing, and this this all goes down. He's telling her, you know, I did this, I did that. These guys are trying to kill me. Blah 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 blah. And then it ends up. Uh, he's like. You know, I just went to 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 get uh, my passport, and they robbed me and took my money and all the stuff. And she goes, "Oh, I got money. Don't worry about it." And and the whole thing is like a true romance with Tom or with uh, Paxton, where he's just making all the shit up. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, they they beat me up. They took my money and everything." She goes, "Oh, don't worry about money." He goes, "I'll, I'll be I'll be back. I got to go take care of this. I got to get on this plane." <laughs> right. And it's right. all bullshit. Now that would be fun. Now what what uh you know I mentioned that uh Will uh, his Will his uh of Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema bringing class to trash since 1977. Um he uh not a not the biggest Merrily fan. But this this made me think of Will more than anything else in this movie is uh when Natalie at, uh when what is her name in the movie? Uh I'm always so bad about the names. Isabel Isabel offers uh Offers um, uh, unnamed character merely a beer, and he asked for a glass of milk, and that instantly made me think of of Will because he bag always of milk. Well, he, well, no, because he always talks about how vanilla <laughs> Maurizio merely is. is, and the fact that he asked for a glass like a glass of milk instead of a, a beer. I, probably, a glass of milk, I could see Will just cracking up at that. Um, Will Spitter. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He, you know, Merrily, he like died playing tennis or something. Like he'd only died when he was like 45. Well, the, that's um, that. Yeah. That young man. But you know, the, um, <laughs> it's all that milk. He was drinking uh, whole milk and all that fat, uh, whole milk. Um, <laughs> Cheese boy. <laughs> You're just eating whole milk. That's in a block of clotted. Um, so yeah, you, 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 yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the the, the uh, 
that you get the road trip part of the movie, the cliche romance. But you know, when I talked about the dub, the bad dub, they do, they can't even get the dubbing of the music right. They show yeah. a guitarist on a boat, and he's like obviously playing something where he's picking the strings, but it's playing just like chords and stuff. <laughs> it's not even close. Um, but uh, you know, she, I feel like she even says like she's falling in love with him and she doesn't even know his fucking name. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. But you know what? You know, when you it's get that 70s. connection, it's and you get how some women are being <laughs> a mystery. Somebody's dangerous. They don't give a fuck if the guy like fucking punches him in the stomach and beats the shit out of him as long as they're, you know, you know how they are. I did like the, the thing when, um, Marilee saying that like, you know, comparing themselves to seagulls, like they're always looking for something to eat, but all they have is a sea full of garbage to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I know and, that feeling. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, <laughs> the, I mean, that, that side of the, of the film keeps it interesting to me. It made me um, laugh. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, some of the dialogue was, and it's probably, you know, who knows what they were saying, what it would sound like if it wasn't dubbed. But some of that, some of, some of the melodrama was pretty goddamn funny. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, and I, I like the idea of it. Just the execution didn't really work all the time. I mean, he says something else like the world is a sewer and most of the people are rats, like <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, he did, was fucking bitter, man. He just, was. Just, now, um, I did, I laughed too at the, uh, when he takes his jacket off the one part and there's like, it's his slow motion flying jacket through the air. I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, did you think the, the character, the smoker kind of looked like Michael Caine a little bit? Yes. <laughs> yes, Caine. I did. And I love that name. <laughs> well, well, what should I call you? Call me the smoker. Everybody else does. He did look like Michael Caine. But I mean, jerk. you got a, you got a Eurocrime here. I, I applaud it for some of the ideas. I definitely applaud it for being certainly different than the most of the ones you'll run across. Uh, the dubbing's bad. The print is not great at all. And some of the, I mean, it's it's a little. I don't know the the romance part of it kind of ruined it for me. Um, it, it it get a little it got a little cliche and a little heavy handed at times too. So, uh, what did you think of it? Um. Not great. I mean, it, it it wasn't like it's not like a top le, top tier. Uh, what do you call it? Euro crime. No. <laughs> what is <laughs> what it? You, call it? you know, Euro crime. Whatever. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, <sighs> there's not. A, there's not particular. There's not a lot of anything as far as style goes. Like. Yeah. Uh, even the, even the action. Where, where if you're comparing it to this or or uh, some of the other ones I've seen with the the really fucking uh, badass car chases and mm-hmm. shit like that. It it had some a little bit of action, but it wasn't. It was like everything was kind of nothing was top notch. Uh, yeah, I know, the I know, one chick uh, Dagmar Lassander, who was the redheaded uh, chick they kept calling in for questioning and everything. She was kind of a. I think I would have fucked her over. She. The other one. She was showing about as much skin as she possibly could without yeah. her tits being out, which I appreciate. Yeah, I didn't mind that. That yeah. wasn't a bad thing. Um, and then this, you know, this is, it seems like it's typical of these movies where they'll have like one, they'll they'll have the the big uh, Euro star who is the star of the movie. And then they'll pick, they'll have like one, um, like Mel Ferrer. Uh, they'll have somebody like that, and the next one is like James Whitmore. Mm-hmm. That they always they, they seem like they throw in somebody for some street cred. Uh, 
But like I said, this one it, it's not bad. It's it's it was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be god awful because I had seen some of the ratings and everything. Yeah. But I mean, it was watchable. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's something I would go back and watch uh, a million times. Merrily seems like his movies are, you know, I, I, I've seen a few of them and I don't mind him. I think he is, you know, he is kind of, you know, vanilla and everything and wooden or whatever. But I like that. Uh, I, for some reason, it's, he's like, it's like John Philip Law. You know, a guy that's kind of wooden, that's not really a great actor, Alex Cord or somebody like that. But, you know, I just. He's got a good look. As long as it's not boring me, then I'm, you know. Yeah. It wasn't boring. He's got a good look for me. I mean, he fits that kind of role. He's. I mean, he's not the greatest actor, but it's hard a lot of the times to give and get a read on that because most of his movies I've ever seen are dubbed anyway. Right. And the only reason that he got. He he pretty much uh, was picked to be an, in acting as because he looked like Franco Nero. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted somebody to star in a movie and that Nero, you know, kind of turned down. And they thought, well, we'll get Nero. He's known for this role. I don't know if it was Django or what it was. I can't remember. But uh, so they they picked him because he kind of had that look. And same thing, I mean, like, you know, fucking Franco Nero must have been the man because the same thing with Terrence Hill. Mm-hmm. That's why they got him is because they're like, we can't get Franco, so let's get somebody who looks like Franco. <laughs> that even sounds like, like Franco. Because they have a trouble talking. And Franco could not speak English that well, but he did it okay. <laughs> Driving down the road. <laughs> this would have been better if it would have had some singing in it. If Marilee would have been singing while they were driving. <laughs> with my with a titty in my hand. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I watched this in the bathtub uh, pre-show, and it finished up at uh, 8.15, which <laughs> is when we were going to start the show. We didn't because we had a, a session. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, giggity, giggity. Um, I... I do like how they they seem like this movie, the other movie, lots of other Euro crime movies. They really pick some skeezy looking or strange looking guys to be the henchmen. Mm-hmm. Like the the two guys that were that that uh, were at first helping him, and then uh, later on hunting him, and uh, and they they were just kind of kind of gross looking dudes. yeah i think i think 70s milan and rome must have had a, just a never ending supply of like really shady looking character yeah. actors and i wouldn't have minded if merrily would have kept the the shades and the hair and the mustache <laughs> yeah you know yeah. throughout the whole thing and never took off the shades yeah and especially after when his jacket was flying off in slow yeah. motion uh we can get our ratings here it's a little better than average i guess um your crimes, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to lean to liking them usually more than not liking them. Um, I give this a five and a half, uh, 5.5. It's okay. It's, yeah. It could be worse, but it's not great. Would you buy the soundtrack to this and drive around listening to it? Probably. I, I like doing that. I like I like Eurocrime soundtracks. They're good. They make for good I driving. Like the ones that's like, yeah. And I mean, they have like that juice harp or whatever the fuck it is. This weird ass <laughs> goddamn music. This one has a good soundtrack, so I'm not sure who did the soundtrack for it, but this one's pretty good. Um, I would give it a five. It's straight down the middle for me. It's mm-hmm. very average, but like Merrily himself, in its averageness, 
there is there is if you have the right mindset when you're watching it, you can have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, for the clothes, for the the um, um, the bad dubbing, the like I said, the kind of melodrama. This had a lot of melodrama. Yeah. Lot, there's a lot of love. Well, it's the it was, it's the romance angle that really didn't need to be there. If it was yeah. just somebody helping them, I think it could have helped the story. Um, yeah. Some you know for whatever reason. So, um, cool. Five and a half and a five. Let's take a break and come back and do the high of Eurocrime high and low. High crime. We'll be right back. All right, man, we really got to record a promo for this thing. Should we write a script for this? Nah, fuck it, man. We'll do it live. Hey, folks, this is El Goro. And this is the Cancer Man. And we are the hosts of Talk Without Rhythm. The only podcast that will not attract the worm. That really doesn't explain what we do. Well, we watch two movies a week, we review them, we bullshit, and sometimes we say something funny. Yeah, but most of the time we just piss people off. Well, the American film viewing public can't handle most of what we have to say. But if you think you can, you can find us on iTunes. If you do a search for Talk Without Rhythm, you could also find us on our website, tworpodcast.blogspot.com, baby. Deuces. Film of the day, La Polizia Incrimina, La Lege Salve, or High Crime, directed by Enzo Castellari, starring Franco Nero, James Whitmore and his bushy, bushy eyebrows, Fernando Rey, and some other motherfuckers that are ugly. Um, <laughs> An Italian police inspector matches wits with a powerful Europe- European drug ring. At, what the hell? As he comes closer to the top of the underworld organization, his odds of survival decrease. A stupid plot synopsis. Sam, what did you think of High Crime? Was this your first time seeing High Crime? No, I've seen High Crime before. Okay. What did you think of High Crime? Well, number one... Why can't Italian people just say high crime? They say all that gibberish, la policia, crimina, la 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 la. Well, obviously that's not the name, high crime. That's some shitty American name. The police, criminal, the leg, ass. Yes. Something. Yes. No wonder. So anyway, it's all about a, a cop whose ass, who has nice ass and nice legs. I bet he does too. Yeah, I bet you Franco had a tight butt. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like Van Damme. It says the police prosecutes the law absolves. Yes. Is the name of the movie. Yes. And that's sort of 
kind of. It, okay, basically what's going on here is Franco Nero, Vice Commissioner Bay. He works with Commissioner Aldo Scavani. Scavino, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what he's doing is he's trying to... Uh, he wants to prosecute the criminals of the underworld, of the mafia. But uh, Franco is the blunt instrument. He wants... Okay, I'm going to drop that. Okay. <laughs> Franco is Vice Commissioner Belly, and he is uh, he's a good cop. I said I was going to drop it, but I came back to it. You can't, he's help, a good it. You cop. can't help yourself. And the thing is this. He sees this criminal structure, this organized crime racket uh, with the godfathers and blah, blah, blah. And they're all connected, and they're all working together. And he says – his thing, thing is – you know, none of these people—they're not above the law. We're going to take him, and we're going to—we uh, need to—we need to make a case and prosecute them. Whereas James Whitmore, who plays Commissioner Aldo Scavino, his boss, is more of—he's been around. He's the old sage. He knows that um, there are certain things you can do, certain yep. things you yep. can't do. Uh, even though uh, his thing is okay. Even though we know that some of these guys are the masterminds, they're the godfathers, they're the, the top guys, uh, they're, in his eyes, for political reasons uh. and because of his job and um, because of how things are run in Genoa, um, it's sometimes more advantageous to play the game, mm -hmm. to catch the little fish. Uh, to um, but not to go after the big fish, uh, and um, in these movies, and I've seen this before in some Euro crime movies, um, they sometimes blur the line between certain ma mafioso and the cops because um, the mafia is so embedded. In Sicily and in, and and like you say, Genoa and all of these places, that they're al they almost kind of run things too. They they uh, it's like the 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 movie we watched with Silva uh, when he was the police commissioner, and the mafia guys were actually kind of begrudgingly working hand in hand with him to get these kidnappers. It was kidnap, I think, so. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you sort of have that too. You you have um, Nero is the cop with the heart of gold. He's got a little girl. He's uh, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's divorced and he likes the puss, but he keeps the puss away from the daughter. <laughs> he tries his hardest he, anyway. He tries, and and in some ways it's it's. I think that he's used to doing that, and so uh, even though he this girl that he's seeing is someone that he really cares for and that he really likes, they haven't taken it to that next level. They're living apart, but they're pretty much a couple. Mm -hmm. And his daughter is like, you know, Daddy, I want to meet her. And he's like, Oh, you don't want to meet her. She's just a, she's just a friend. So anyway, that was more kind of French, but it's hard because to, you know, Franco with a, I don't have a mustache. But anyway, so his mustache is impeccably groomed, groomed in this. Oh, though. everything is impeccable well, yeah, in this. He's a, and he's, he's a, got the fucking blondest. I've never <laughs> seen Nero with blonde. That's the one thing that struck me. Uh, 
when I first saw this movie and maybe want to watch it was first of all he's got his hair really blonde yeah yeah with almost kind of like bl- blonde with not only that but with even lighter blonde highlights and he dresses really nice he wears a, a suit all the time and a scarf uh, he dark, is a neo- the, he has the dark shirt with the lighter suit which is yes, always a, yes it's a, it's a certain look not everybody can pull that off he's a neosinephrine addict. He snorts that shit like it's going out of style. And I don't know. I think that that's almost like the Steve McQueen in Magnificent Seven adjusting his hat or or kind of making faces or something. It was just something to add to the character. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Maybe I'm just remembering this, but I feel like I've seen that sniffly, uh, like thing before yeah I don't I don't know. It was just kind of like, what the fuck? Why? You know, well, but well, I Mer- guess merely played commissioner belly a couple times and i don't know if it's supposed huh. to be the same person or not but he was in like rome armed to the teeth um and like napoli spotter or something like that that he was yeah. in and he played this is probably the first one and then narrow wouldn't do anymore and they thought well just get that narrow well like no narrow played this is this came i believe I, i'm gonna look up rome armed to the teeth merely played belly i mean sorry nero played belly in a movie called like el Dete- uh, un detective or something like that in 1969 and so I don't know if all these bellies are related or not, but then Rome armed to the teeth. Okay. Rome armed to the teeth is 76. That's Umberto Lindsay with Merrily. And I feel like, no, he played Tansy in that movie. Okay. never mind. He does. I think Merrily played belly at some point. Um, maybe that maybe it wasn't Romar to the teeth. Maybe I'm thinking of the other. Are one you there. taking our listeners on a wild goose chase? I am totally. <laughs> oh, Betty. I'm sorry. I, I, I was wrong there. Maybe it's Belly or I don't know if he played the same one. Violent City or Violent Rome. He, uh, Jesus might, Christ. He might have your been Belly are, or might not have. You, yeah. You, your, your facts are just they're, they're leading them astray. Maybe Nero she, was the only Belly. He might have been. <laughs> Which made that made that all for naught. Totally pointless. <laughs> okay. Now let's get into the uh the uh the the the, the, the guts of my notes. I mm-hmm. took some notes and the top note says dragon, Donnie Yen. But that doesn't have anything to do with this move. Um there now like I said, when we were discussing the the past movie with Merli, um this movie has some fucking badass car chases in it. Right off the fucking bat, no, there we, is a, like a a, um, a robbery that goes on, mm-hmm. and and you have a you have a foot chase at first, and uh, it, it brings into something that I always say about movies is, um, you know, seems like in lots of movies people don't get tired running, which I find amazing. <laughs> I get and, uh, tired walking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I couldn't run from here to the fucking, uh, you know, I don't know, the toilet or something. I'd be out of breath. But, um, so Nero is in really good shape, but I mean, he's pretty young in this, so he might have been in good shape. He's a cop, so he, he might have, you know, had to be run or train or something like that. Um, but then um, he, the guy loses him, and he's like, Jesus Christ, where the fuck? You know, he doesn't cut me. Where, where, where is he? So he goes and he gets on the, in the, the, uh, the radio in the cop car and um, um, he sees the guy. But it's like down off this bridge and he's like, shit, there he is. So he jumps in the car with these other two cops are driving and they have a hellacious car chase. Now, the one car that the guy, the perp, is in 
it looks like a Citron, but it's like a Citron <laughs> station wagon ambulance. Now I don't yeah. know why it, it was an ambulance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a it was like a European Ghostbusters car. <laughs> yeah, and so they chased the shit out of each other. And man, I'm telling you what, there were some squealing fucking tires in that. Man, that okay. This is something I've always really appreciated about uh, Castellari. I've, his, he does car chases very well. Oh yeah. Um, the that fucking the ambulance does this. He it fucking slides on the roof for like two hundred feet at one yeah. point, which is pretty great. That was a hell of a stunt. But the the way he like puts a camera on the side of the car, so all you see you see the car the the you know the cop car is chasing, but then you only see like the front left tire of the cop car. Yeah, and that fucking and, thing is turning so tight. The fucking tire is like stretching off the rim. Well, that's what I was wondering if. It, the one note I put down was that they needed to to check the pressure on their tires because man, they probably let they, it out so it would get that kind of look when they t- made that turn though. Well, not only that, but the the, the squealing and the sliding mm-hmm. and shit like that. But I mean, they really know how to shoot. And those, I love those um, little the the cop cars are like the the little uh, like four door Fiats. Those are pretty cool. I would totally uh, drive one of those. It's like oh, I'll drive the shit Fiat out of coupe. Yeah, they looks amazing. They, uh, there was a, uh, an Irish uh, family that lived down the street from us, and they had two of them uh, for a long time, too. They must have just kept taking them and getting them fixed, but they were pretty cool. And that kid was a dick. I hated him. He bullied me, made me cry, pushed me to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> fucker. That's what I always say. Even today, I'm like, I wish I'd run into that fucker because I'd like to see him push me down on the ground now. Uh, which he probably could. He's probably on the juice. <laughs> Beat his brains out. Anyway, uh, let's see. A car chase tire looks awfully low. Uh, my dad would be pissed off about that. <laughs> yeah. See what happened? You ought to uh, check the air in them <laughs> tires every once in a while. Jeez, uh, you ought to see the scar. Not to change the subject, my dad has his neck operation. I mm-hmm. uh, went to visit him. He has a scar from his ear. From the back of his ear that goes all the way down the side of his neck and then around to the front of his neck. This thing is like fucking 12 inches long. Looks like somebody slashed his throat. Uh, But he's doing good. Uh, Let's see. um, There's some funky-ass music playing during this chase. And I can't remember exactly where I would go like... (laughs) But it's like that. It's funky. Um, They shoot some of the scenes during the car chase from inside the car, which I like. I thought that was kind of cool. Now, um, you see, you know, I mean, in the old, old school stunt uh, thing, you know, I've always heard, you know, you can't, you can't flip a car on a flat surface. So they always have to have some kind of ramp and there's a, but they did it well because it was like a little stone wall thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the ramp was kind of hidden in it or behind it. So when the little ambulance thing flips, uh, like you said, man, that thing goes slide, <laughs> and then you have the massive, massive explosion. And the coolest thing was they had a dummy in the car. I love that. That motherfucking dummy, when that car exploded, came flying out of that fucking car. <laughs> and the thing is, because it was an explosion, um, you can you can kind of. Uh, give a little leeway with the rag doll look of the dummy because mm-hmm. you know with an explosion throwing you that hard that fast you would be like a rag doll yeah especially if you had like some broken limbs so that was kind of cool yeah now uh this movie as we said about the other one a lot of these uh policia movies um 
they have their major foreign star, Franco Nero, and they also have a uh, an American actor, or you know, I've, I've seen one with like Martin Balsam. Uh, there's been a lot, several different ones where they'll have somebody who is maybe not a top, uh, t- tippy top American. Yep. Uh, but they'll but James Whitmore's in this now. James Whitmore was pretty goddamn tippy top. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor, and he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. So that's pretty goddamn fucking good. Yep. He didn't win, but it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> and he was also on the Big Valley a lot, which was my favorite show, Western TV show when I was a kid. Probably favorite show. Um, he played Handy Rand, and he uh, was Heath uh, Barkley, a.k.a. Lee Majors. He wasn't falling for his shit. He knew he was no good, even though he was a friend of the Barkley family, but we won't go any further into that. Okay. Um, Franco, Franco Nero goes to um, – this sets some things up like you know he's kind of like, okay, uh, I know that these people this, – this has to do with the drugs. And uh, he, he has a relationship with uh, a specific uh, mafia don, uh, Cafiero, who is played by Fernando Rey, who would also be known as Frog Number 1 from French Connection. Now Fernando Ray is a cool motherfucker. <laughs> he has that goddamn. He has a, the beard, but he always, even in the, he's sort of playing the same character in this, not the same person, but the same character as he played in French Connection. This really sophisticated, classy as hell uh, mafia guy. Of course, in this he's Italian, and French Connection was French, um, but. Um, he lives at, in the height, the lap of luxury. His house looks like a goddamn palace. He has, you know, big iron gates and guys. Uh, his his uh, his uh, soldiers are dressed in suits and everything. But he he's a man of respect, mm-hmm. and and Nero treats him with respect, and he treats Nero with respect, even though they kind of they have a uh, an agreed upon thing. Hey, I'm after you, and hey, I know you're after me. Catch me if you can. Yeah, but. Uh, Cafiero, the 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 uh, the Don Fernando Rey is so insulated. He's so up the up the uh, the food chain that he's untouchable, and he's politically connected. And that's like I said, like James Whitmore's kind of like you know tells Nero, you know, kind of you know, be content. We just made this big bust, and we got like you know three or four guys, and we got all these drugs. And he's like, oh, we want to get these other guys. You know, they're the one. And, and Nero's a loose cannon. He, uh, not a loose cannon to the point that he's like Mel Gibson in fucking uh, Lethal Weapon, where right, he's a right. nut. But he has he 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 loses his cool a lot, which is kind of funny because his his hair kind of gets out of place and stuff. Uh, and he <laughs> almost his, the yeah, hair almost. in the very front gets out of place. It's like <laughs> yes. he has this little like flip, like little flip in the front. Yeah, he has two little. Place. He has like uh, like one one uh, uh, thing. That they didn't uh, uh, hairspray, so it would like kind of give him a, a sporty look. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, uh, he Sleep. he goes to visit uh, uh, Don Capiero, and uh, one of his henchmen, who is of course you know he's a low level guy. They still wear suits, but they're thugs, and they're not as refined. Uh, he kind of gets in Nero's face, and I think Nero said. Uh, he either said you've got shit on your face or go shit on your face. <laughs> I thought he said oh, go shit on your face. 
because it was funny they got nose to nose and he said that and that guy was like what what the fuck's that mean you know he just kind of left him <laughs> like dumbfounded but that comes back later um let's see um now then he goes into the place he talks to uh don Caffiero, and he's like you know we're wondering what's going on with this shit there's something going on can you help us blah 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 are you involved in this and everything and they kind of have their little their little uh dance around each other and what they're doing um then when Nero's leaving, this is what I said about the, the go shit on your face comment coming back. The same guy gets in Nero's face like, you know, what the fuck's that mean? And Nero gives him one of those fucking open-handed – he like brings it <laughs> from the goddamn ground with a stiff arm and he slaps the fucking shit out of this guy. Love it. Now, the thing about that is – this guy was all sassy, and he's probably out there talking to his buddies and like, you know, that motherfucking cop. I don't give a shit. He gets all gets his balls up, you know. I'll fucking get, I'll, I'll fucking kick his ass, right? But when a, a, a guy comes out, he doesn't even punch you, but he just slaps you. Slap so the hard. taste out of your, the snot yes, out of that, your face. It, it took all the fight out of that guy in like two seconds, which was awesome. Um, let's see. Um, they they have always were coming up with creative ways to smuggle drugs and like French Connection or I think it was French Connection 2 they were smuggling drugs in the uh, in like fish mm-hmm. they would slit these big fish open on the fish market and smuggle them and in French Connection 1 they would put them in these old junk cars and the junk cars would get sold at auction so in this one another creative way was they had these like plastic Tonka trunk Tonka trucks that were like uh, little kid trucks, uh, cement mixers and stuff, and they would put these bags of Coke in the uh, little cement mixer thing on the back, which was well, they had of, the oranges too. Yeah, they had all kinds of different things, you know, that they were doing. Yeah. Um, this one guy, he tries the the product, which um, apparently it was cocaine, because he says, "Dynamite, <laughs> snow," and the way he said it was just so fucking uh, awkward, you know. Um, they okay. Nero has an ongoing uh, headbutt headbutting thing with his boss, mm-hmm. uh, James Whitmore Aldo Scavino, uh, because like I said, Whitmore's kind of like you know play the game, do your job, get the low level guys. You know you're a hero, and Belly, uh, who is Nero, is always busting his balls, saying you know we need to go after those guys, and so he's saying, um. Whitmore has this file that he's been accumulating for years and years and years with, I guess, with evidence on these mafia gangs. But uh, he's, he and Nero's like, you need to use that file and we need to go get these guys. And he <laughs> says, um, you know, I don't have enough in this file, blah, 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 blah. So they're going over, you know, Nero's trying to convince him to let to unleash him, let him go after the top guys. And, and Whitmore knows it's going to be nothing but trouble. Plus, he gets pressure from like his superiors, you know, hey, leave these guys alone. Um, but um, they're talking about what they would need to do it, and and Nero says, what if I could get proof? And Whitmore says, <laughs> proof? That can make a difference. And then just like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, do you actually have to state that? If you could get proof that they're criminals and that they're involved in this, that, you know, that, that's all it that takes, would be good. Yeah, that's, that's all it that, takes. That would be good. Okay, now, this movie, the one thing about this movie that I, I don't know if I would say I didn't like it, but it, it kind of got confusing for me between – it's almost like you said with um, um, 
the uh, oh god damn it, not podcast without honor, battles without honor. Battle, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of got confusing for me because first of all, you have a lot of Italian actors who I don't recognize, so I can't, I can't. It's almost like when I'm watching an Asian film and I don't know any of the actors. Yeah. If I watch it more than once, then I get to know who's who. But the, on the first time, it's hard to keep people straight. Right. And you have different mafia factions going on here. Right. Like I because said, now, once, once Nero goes to the guy who is quote-unquote retired, right. uh, that guy's like, right. you know what? There is, a, you know, he tells Nero that there's a new, there's a new gang in town with the Leban that works with this Lebanese guy that just got blown the fuck up, and he tells him like, you know, you got to watch out for this new gang. And then when Nero leaves, he's like, we got to do something about this new gang. They're gonna step on our fucking toes with these with this drug stuff, right? And so then you so, have Nero, then you have two groups of mafia guys going at each other right. while Nero's trying to figure out who the hell's who. Right, and he's trying to figure out, and I was trying to figure out who. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, why we you hit have, this Burt Reynolds looking dude? Like, yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out who he was supposed to be with. I, I couldn't either. There and was I, time I was like, you know, now maybe if I watch it again, I don't know. But uh, uh, there, there, there was one guy that stood out, and he wore like a newsies hat and a and a coat that had a big like bushy kind of uh, sheep collar or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. glasses he was kind of weird looking he was more weird looking than italian looking so he really stood out um now the mafia guys start kind of start uh going after each other and you have one scene where i guess they're out on a golf course and uh this guy comes fucking riding you know on a on it's burt reynolds that's burt reynolds hooper on a dirt bike, and he attacks this guy on the, on the golf course with that weird-looking helmet without a faceplate on it. Yeah, and the, and the thing about the the, the, the this was um, he basically runs the guy down, and you you have more uh, classic dummy uh, getting run over by a motorcycle thing. But not only does he do it once, he does it like a couple times. But this, then he comes around, gets off the goddamn motorcycle. And I thought, okay, Jesus Christ, isn't this kind of overkill? He ran over him. But he he takes a switchblade out, and basically, uh, I thought, I wrote down, but I guess he cut his balls off. Cause I later said, on, well, I said, did Burt Reynolds just stab that dude in the dick? He, he, he fucking made a slit, and I guess he pulled his wang out and fucking hacked it off. I guess he castrated him. I guess that's a mafia thing. Yeah, he did a good job. Man, yeah. um, I remember that epi- there was an episode of Sopranos where they were trying to do that to a dude. Trying to p- cut his balls off. I don't know what the fuck I just wrote here. Ne- Franco, Franco, Neo, Sunaf. Oh, Neo Sunafrin. <laughs> Neo Sunafrin. <laughs> it's Neo Sunafrin. I already talked about that. Okay. Um, this there there's a this is just a weird thing that's thrown in there. But I remember like my uncle Daryl would always uh, buy like these uh, anything that was. Mechan- he was one of the first people I knew to get into computers, but anything that was like mechanical or strange or interesting or amazing. And these mafia guys were sitting around this room, and this guy had this toy. And it was this mechanical toy that had like this uh, elevator thing. And these little BBs would uh, uh, go up this elevator, and when they would get <laughs> oh, to the that top, thing was so cool looking. Yeah, they would flip off, and there were like three little uh like maybe one inch high bongos in a row and the bb would go bing 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 off all three bongos and then it would go up into this thing and then go back around on this track back up the uh elevator thing it was just it was awesome to watch i mean it was 
had nothing to do with the movie, but it was impressive as shit. <laughs> it was like a mouse, like somebody building a perfect mouse trap or something. Uh, let's see. Um, Franco increasingly becomes more frustrated and loses his patience. Uh, he yells a lot. And if I was his boss, I think I would have just said, listen, motherfucker, shut the fuck up. But Whitmore <laughs> likes him and he knows he's a good cop. So he, he, he doesn't yell back at him, but uh, he just keeps trying to keep his cool. Nero doesn't understand and he just keeps getting more mad, more mad. And uh, Whitmore, he's trying to, it's like he's trying to pressure Whitmore. And um, so then uh, Whitmore just kind of, um, he gets to the point where um, he decides he's going to do something. Right. And he's like, okay, I got this goddamn file. I'm going to go do something. And that's, and then, and then that is sort of the catalyst for a lot of the shit happening because uh, something happens and then Nero is, okay, he's like, okay, the fucking gloves are off, motherfucker. Okay, now the whole time this is going on, you have Nero's daughter shows up and she is... Um, she's fucking annoying. <laughs> she's annoying. She's like the little kid singing in The Cook... <laughs> The what was the, the movie called? The cook, the thief, the, his wife, and her lover. Yeah, but I mean, she's just like this perfect ideal I, idea of a blonde-haired, blue-eyed little schoolgirl. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And she 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 shows up at uh, Nero's house and she busts his fucking nuts because he's a slob. He's got like two inches of dust on everything and just stuff <laughs> like my house. Um, so then, of course, she starts the shit about wanting to meet his girlfriend and everything. Um, let's see. Okay, now you have a really cool fight between the dick cutter and these other mafia guys are chasing the dick cutter. And then uh, I loved I loved how that was introduced because he finds himself at a, like a, a dock and there's like all of a sudden there's like this hilarious like triple crash zoom on these three guys. It's like he looks to his right yeah. and it's like, it's like crash zoom. He looks to his left, crash zoom behind him, crash zoom on three different guys, and, and they all have these fucking his like, ass with fucking meat hooks. Well, yeah, it's the, or it's those hooks that you use on the that you'd see in the movies what the guys would use on the dock to pick up yeah, the big yeah, crates. Yeah, 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 to move the crates. Um, and he has a switchblade because he is Dick Cutter, and but. <laughs> You know, it's Bert like they—they, they, they, I mean, you know, it—it it, it was to no avail because I mean, there was just there was a lot of them, uh, but there was one scene and it kind of—I wouldn't say it reminded me of a Jali. The only thing that reminded me of it was the 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 close up of the penetration of a weapon and that this meat hook goes right Ooh. into his fucking chest, yeah, which was fucking pretty badass, you know. For I mean, shit, you know, yeah. that's the kind of shit that they would do in a movie like this. With the car chases and the dummies getting run over, it's brutal. I mean, a lot of brutal shit. Yeah. Um, there's a guy in this, and this reminded me of Thirteenth um, uh, Hour or whatever the fuck that movie's called, the rape movie. Um, there's a guy that wears a peach ascot, but he also has Conway Twitty hair, which is pretty cool. Um, you have some more ball cutting. I guess that was vengeance ball cutting. Uh, you, have some, you, know, you have a dick shot in it too that goes in slow motion. Well, that would be the worst thing to do is if you started that because you know, okay, if you cut somebody's balls and dick off and shit, then you know that in your future you're just starting something. <laughs> they're gonna, you're, they're, they're, they're gonna send so many guys and they're just gonna keep trying to. Cut yeah, your either dick. you're gonna get it back to you or you're just, you're gonna unfortunately then be known as the guy right. that cuts people's balls off. So I would I would rather 
if I was going to kill somebody, just shoot people. Because then I'd be like, okay, they'll just shoot me. They won't fucking come and cut my urethra off or whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think you got the – this is so much red tape. You know, I don't know what it is. I wrote that down, red tape, in a narrow voice. Um, you bet your ass I'll keep talking. You got them right. <laughs> I love that. I love that transition they did when they were arguing. And uh, – uh, Whitmore is that his name? He yeah, uh, he's like keep talking, and then like all of a sudden it just tr- they're in the office, and he's like keep talking, and then it shows them like on a hilltop they've get out of their yeah. cars, and he's like you bet your ass I'll keep talking, and it's, 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 it's to me it's, it's just like he has been through this so much it's almost like he's just letting Nero vent. Yeah, they they need to go off to this private place to let Nero yell for a little while. What would have been even better is if the next thing they would have shown was old man James Whitmore naked on his hands and knees and Nero's <laughs> behind him butt-fucking him, but he's he's just going on and on and on, and Whitmore goes, keep talking. You, know, <laughs> you bet your ass I'll keep ramming you. Uh, Whitmore makes the profound statement, there are no more hero, or there are no heroes, which he obviously doesn't know who he's talking to because Nero is obviously a hero. <laughs> and he's getting um, ready to fucking just go wild and fucking shoot everybody and slap the shit out of people. <laughs> or it would have been another thing that would have been cool is if they would have showed Nero, like, uh, Whitmore goes to meet him and he's in a beauty parlor with that fucking shit all over his hair where he's getting his hair dyed <laughs> or have one of those big, uh, the little uh, aluminum foil pieces yes, in his hair. Yes. And he just, it doesn't even sell it. You know, that'd be so cool. Getting his tips frosted. He's a dandy, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, oh, if there are, bad guys, villains, uh, mafia guys, whatever, and they're shooting at you and you're shooting at them and then they get in a car and they're driving <laughs> right at you. Um, I don't give a fuck if you think you're dirty, hairy, or what. Don't stand just like stoically in the middle of the road shooting at them because you know they're in a car. And even if they you shoot them, the car is going... A hundred miles an hour, right towards you, and, and that was another dummy thing. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna end up a dummy with doing a headstand on like. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that, and he was a fat dummy too. That was really um, funny. The fucking dummy just kept getting pushed along on his head, like he just eh. doing a headstand. <laughs> and then um, you, they develop. That there's a reason why they develop the the. Um, well, first of all, they want to show. That Nero is a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's a good family man. He 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 loves his daughter. Uh, he he gives her shrimp for the first time, and she's looking at it like, "What the fuck is this like? It's like a yeah, bug." Yeah, fucking like, gave me an insect. It had the legs yeah. on it. Did you want to? Did you like it? Did you want to eat it? So it would have been another thing that would have been funny is if she would have just started uh, dipping it in sauce and sucking the sauce off and just keep dipping it like that other movie. Ugh. I keep I just keep putting everything together. It's like this is a linear podcast. But anyway, so they develop his. He's a ladies' man, not really a ladies' man because he's the girl is pretty much his girlfriend, you know. And he's de- devoted to her. Um, they got in kind of a. Hey, I don't know. He might be a ladies' man because at one point he backhands this one chick, and the backhand is so effective it makes her clothes explode off. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but she deserved it. And then that little creep that was with with that one girl was, or, you know, he was a little douche. He he slapped the shit out of him too. Exploding um, whore clothes. Yeah, he he really doesn't. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, uh, you know, like police brutality doesn't enter into it because I guess I guess it's like almost like the Sean Connery thing. If you if you hit him with the open hand, it doesn't count as violence. You need to you need <laughs> you need to watch uh, you need to watch Marley's ones, his uh, violent violent Naples and stuff like that because he fucking does the chop hand all the time. He's always slapping people. <laughs> well, um, the 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 uh, there was one scene where I can't remember what happened, but Nero. And his girlfriend kind of get in an argument, and they start kind of wrestling around a little bit. I'm thinking. I can't remember what the fuck happened there, but it was kind of funny. But it just showed his, his playful side. Yeah. That might have been another movie. That might have been fucking Gambler with James Caan. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that happened in that too. But anyway, so they set up the girlfriend. They set up the little kid. And there's a reason. And uh, because uh, uh, someone even tells him, he says, you know, uh, they're going to go after if, – if they can't get to you – yeah. They're going to go after the one you love. Well, Nero kind of puts that in the back of his brain for some reason. He's like, hmm, that's kind of profound, but I got something else to do. So he forgets all about it. <laughs> but then when something happens, he's like, uh, uh, he just all of a sudden he stops and he's got this weird look on his face and he hears this. If they can't get you, they'll go after the ones you love. And he's like, oh, shit, I, maybe I should have done something about that. So, you know, you have some more dummies. Um, uh, there, there was this movie may have had the most dummies I've ever seen, getting run over or hit by cars, <laughs> which, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm not going to give anything away with the ending, but there was something that happened in the end that I was like, right at the right at the very end, something happens, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> and the screen kind of goes black. And I thought, oh my god, that might have been the greatest ending of all time. But then, oh yeah, something else happened. But anyway, so that's all I have because, like I said, I don't want to give away too much. But uh, we just covering the funny stuff and everything. But the um, what, what do you have to say about this movie? I <laughs> I think I think what stands out from this movie most to me, most for me, is uh, I've always really loved Enzo Castellari's flourishes with his direction. I mean, you, you get. You even get this movie opening in an interesting way. You get this long, drawn-out shot down this dark tunnel. Um, the guy you said in the newsy hat, like you get, like you see some shit like reflected in his glasses. There's really no reason for a lot of this stuff, but it just adds this. He's such a he. He had such a way of like stylishly showing these things. Um, lots of slow motion. He loved the slow motion, and he did a lot of that. Um, that thing you'll see where like. If it's like a big action scene and you'll see it film like Jackie Chan did it a lot in his movies where you'll see it like film from different angles and it'll be like replay that giant action scene like three times rapid fire right after each other like the ambulance sliding it showed it from different mm-hmm. angles the car exploding it showed it from different angles I mean you get first person stuff like um, the fucking shootout at the end is just great like it shows like a like looking down a pipe and there's like a dude looking around all of a sudden a gun is like in the pipe, like shooting the guy through. I mean, yeah. yeah. And it's just really cool little like, uh, touches like that, that make this movie kind of stand out from just a generic action movie, which is what I think the last movie lacked was like a sense of style like that, which is something that's so great about these Eurocrime movies is that they feel so European. And this feels like a European movie. You don't see this kind of stuff in the seventies in the United States. Like it's just not something they did then. Um, the, uh, I mean, you mentioned the 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 dummy death, which I would, I did like a lot. Nero's a fucking like, I mean, he's the man in this movie. He's slapping people, the fucking like the 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 badass suit. He always wears a scarf, which you got to be fucking manly to pull off a scarf. Like, I, I wonder I, I, if he had a cold because I wonder if the scarf had anything to do with his 
nostril attention with that yeah, thing. Maybe, maybe so because like she didn't sound his, like his it. girlfriend bundles him up. Like yeah. she's making sure his he might his, have low uh, blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> you think you're being funny? Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what the sound sounds like. It sounds like somebody taking a, a wet board and, and or hitting a wet towel with a two by four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it smacks the taste out of that dude's mouth. That guy's just like, yeah, this guy thinks he's gonna fucking come in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love shut, it. Shut the his fucking mouth. But um, you know, I mean, you you covered it pretty well. This is the the story gets a little convoluted, but um, you know, seeing it a second time, seeing it a third time. Uh, helps figure it out and just knowing like it's just bad dudes to kind of fucking kill each other while he's trying to just figure it out it's not the strongest story in the world but it doesn't really need to be because it's so stylish and the action kind of keeps up throughout um you know the the scenes with his daughter can be pretty funny because he like comes in and like inspects after she's cleaned the house like he's oh not too bad you know and he's he, he seems pretty funny and like cool to be like a like his this girl's dad or whatever I'm not sure where the mom is. She, they don't really mention her too he much. He beats her to death. He <laughs> yeah. slaps the shit out of her and broke her fucking neck. <laughs> I, I, do you th- what, I mean, do you think that he that he would um, be a good spokesman for like Mandem? Yeah. I bet he wore some cologne. Oh yeah, he he reeked of it. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what his brand was, but um, he definitely had the cologne. But his, I mean, the mustache. When I when I first, so I I used to rock for for a, f- a, f- a few years. I did like the Hulk Hogan horseshoe mustache. <laughs> um, so, and I actually posted it on my blog. When I watched this movie, I was like, you know what? I think I could pull, I think I could do that mustache. So I started trying to trim my mustache to look like his in this movie. <laughs> and eventually when I lost my job. Because well, then you fuck up, fuck it up. And then you end up with something that you don't even like. So then you have to shave the whole fucking thing off. I did pretty good. Well, I went conservatively because when I remember when I posted about it, I, I left it a little too long on the sides. I had a little too much, uh, a little hangover still on the edges of the mouth. So I, I moved it up some. And eventually when I lost my job, I got bored and grew the handlebar. And it's kind of stuck ever since. But everybody has a different, can wear different or different styles look different on every, like Hitler. Because, you know, if I, I don't have like a big space between my, my, the bottom of my nose and the top of my lip. And you, but so. Oh, mine's like a, mine's like a foot long. (laughs) Well, I've had like a mustache before and I thought, well, while, and I knew I was going to shave it off. So when I was looking in the mirror, you shave it into different things and it always goes down to a Hitler mustache to see what you look like. (laughs) And my Hitler mustache doesn't look good because it's, it's small. I I don't have have a a long lip. Yeah, I have a very tall snot trough, so my, <laughs> yeah. my Hitler mustache should look pretty good. I've got a long, I got a big space there. That's why my mustache looks so bushy because it's. So, That's I why I always space. thought Hulk Hogan looked funny when he would shave his mustache because there was this big space you could land <sighs> and got. Yeah, airplane. the space between his nose and his chin is like three feet, man. He's yeah, and that's lot- that's the same between. Uh, like uh, Sam Elliott's the same way when he shaves his off, he's got a real big long. Uh, I always thought like in I always thought in like, in Roadhouse he'd look like Shawn Michaels a little bit. Yeah, Elliott. so that that hair definitely. <laughs> yeah, but um, like I was always saying, Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards, he has like they uh, military. I guess you know it, it comes right to the corners of the mouth, but he, it, you know, it looks good on him though. But why, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, we need this movie. Anyway, anyway, but I I think what stands out for me is Castellari. Well, I mean, Nero is just a like 
he's just like a he's like the Tasmanian devil at times in this with this fucking little sprig of hair flying around in the front, just slapping the crap out of people. But uh, and then Castellari's just style in this is what I just really appreciate about it. It just makes it fun to watch, even if even if times you're not really getting what's going on, like why the hell is Burt Reynolds riding this motorcycle and stabbing a dude in the dick? But the way it's done, I mean, the fucking like you, there's a camera on the damn handlebars of the motorcycle, mm-hmm. and people just didn't really do that kind of shit then. So which it just made it like fun. You're just you know makes you giggle or whatever. So, um, but I like this movie a lot. So um, they would show these kind of movies on, uh, um. When I would either late at night and sometimes in the afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, when we just had the three channels, I remember our Columbus, Ohio channel uh, would show these kind of movies, and and I and I just I, I, even when I was a kid, I loved them. You know, that's where I found um, like the the Charles Bronson movies, um, Rider on the Rain and uh, Adieu l'ami, uh, Farewell to Friend. Uh, and other Bronson movies, but they're Euro Bronson movies or Franco Nero, and they're just good movies. I mean, they're not. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're watching The Godfather, but they knew how to shoot action. Yep. And they knew they knew how to shoot fucking crime movies like this. They they made it cool, you yeah. know. Yeah, it was really cool. So uh, we can do our ratings here. Oh my god, this one! Like I said, the only downfall with this one for me was. Um, that I got a little confused on who was who, who as was far as the who, villains. Yeah. But then again, I think that maybe that was done for a reason because Nero was kind of like, okay, what's it? You, like you said, Fernando Ray, he knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. He knew uh, the, 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 the secret, which is that there were these one guys and then there's these other guys. And he said he's retired, but he's really still in it and everything. Uh, he knew the big picture, and Nero was kind of fumbling around in the dark trying to find out what's going on. Um, that was the only thing that when I was watching, I was kind of like, man, fuck. Uh, you know, what the fuck? Who's, who's who here? But um, other than that, I loved it. Uh, the, the kid was annoying, but it, that even makes it funnier because it, you know, <laughs> it's so cliche how she was. Yeah. Uh, and she was young. So, I mean, little kids are naive like that. Um, 8.25. Sweet. I get the same thing. 8.25. The first yeah. When I reviewed this on my blog like four years ago, I gave it an 8.5. So I really haven't changed much at all. Um, I'm still right there. 8.25 for me too. Um, the dubbing in this, I have to mention, is loads better. And like I did mention in the previous review, um, I don't know. I, I guess. I, I don't know the voices of the other guys. I don't know if they dubbed themselves or not. Um, but I do sounds just like he, uh, he always did. So, okay. Yeah. yeah that must've been him too. But Nero does his own uh, voice acting and he's very animated and stuff. So, and so, you know, because you know, because you get a better idea of these guys, actual voices, I think you get a better idea of how it's actually acted. Unlike the last yeah. one. And I mean, Nero's a, he's a fine actor for what he, for what he's doing, especially here. Yeah. And, um, he's, uh, he's definitely entertaining a, a, uh, a charismatic force. So, I, for um, some reason, it seems to me like most of the, and I, this is just off the top of my head, so I may be wrong. Um, most of the movies that I've seen Nero do, um, it's his voice in English. It's I, I, I was just trying to think if I've ever seen a movie where he is speaking Italian. But I may have. I just can't remember. I, I can't. Know. You know what? I haven't seen Django in so long. I'm curious if he spoke Italian in that one. I know it's the, dubbed. Uh, it was dubbed. When the one that I, I own it. I have it on Blu-ray and, and it has an Italian track. It's dubbed and it's not it. his voice. Ah, oh, fuck. It's somebody. It's like, 
what are you doing here? It's well, like is, a real... Is the Italian track his voice, though? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have gonna, to, I I'll, think I'll I have to, the VHS. I'll check it out. I've got the Blu-ray. I'll check it out and, and uh, post yeah. it on the group or something. Because it's a real, like what they would, if they said, okay, we want somebody to do an all-American voice, and he's like, what are you guys down there doing with the red things on your head or something, <laughs> you know? Cool. Uh, we got a little feed sack, so let's take a break and come back and do that and wrap things up. We'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurk. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff? I sure am. Okay, here's riff number one. Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC. Fantastic, Fred. Okay, here's riff number two. Hmm. That one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Fantastic! You're doing great, Fred. Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three. Hmm. That one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred! How did you know all those riffs? Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast. That's fantastic. Really? Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad. Max, shh. I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album, all one word, into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast. Time for that feed sack on your face. All right. We don't have too much this week. Surprise, surprise. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> Sly did, I think, uh, Sly might have had something to say about Zom saying his voicemail was a little repetitive last week. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even recall that. I don't either. I don't recall. All right. Here, here's this. There you go. This is Celeste's so Now, the other day, Dr. Zah was fucking making some comment about Sly being repetitive. Now, let me get this straight, Zah, yeah. I, I ain't got the beat for you saying that, but I just want you to understand what is going through my head when I do that. You know, I know that I talk about my muscles all the time. I know I talk about my dick all the time. I know I talk about my veins all the time. I know I talk about the greatest action movies in the world ever of all time, all the time. And, you know, the reason I do that is because I have a large fan base, Tom. Something that, you know, hopefully you guys will one day understand. And when you have a large fan base, they expect certain things from you, you know? And so with me, you know, people, my fans, they want to hear about 
you know, in my movies, they want to see it, but on the fucking voicemail, they want to hear me talk about my muscles. They want to hear me talk about my big dick. They want to hear me talk about my veins, my fucking, my brilliant movies, the billions of dollars I fucking make, you know, all that shit. And, you know, it, that's something that's happened all throughout my career. Just look, look at my movies, you know. Rocky. What's in there? It's got me, Sylvester Stallone. I got my big muscles, I got my veins, I got my big dick, you know? <laughs> Rambo. Muscles, veins, dick. <laughs> Fucking rhinestone. Muscles, veins, dick, and uh, Dolly Pot's big cheesy titties, you know? <laughs> Nighthawks. Muscles, veins, dick, beard. And again, <laughs> over the top. Muscles, veins, dick, Baseball cap, uh, fucking arm wrestling, and weights. Rambo 2, muscles, dick, veins, guns. You know, I could go on, you know, but I've got a formula. A formula that works. It's made me billions of dollars. All of my fucking movies are the greatest action movie of all time, you know. That wouldn't have happened if I tried to do something completely different every time. You know, I had a new element in. You know, I've added the bed, the fucking guns, the fucking arm wrestling. You know, I throw a little curveball every now and then. You know, just to keep people on their toes. But, um, you know, I don't want to disappoint the fans. They pay good money to come and see those things. So, you know, I'm going to fucking do that. And, you know, plus, that is me. When you see Sly, you see my muscles, you see my veins, you see my big dick. You know about my fucking great movies. You know about my billions of dollars, you know? And it's things like that, you know, that fucking perpetuate. Now, you know, I I use that. I call in every week. So we go. I talk about those things. I know my fans fucking download your podcast to listen to me. You know, and like I said the other day, at least 10, maybe 15% of those of my fans that download your podcast might listen to the rest of the show and take mm. something from it. You know, I'm, I'm mm. trying to give back to you guys, you know. <laughs> maybe if you guys started being a bit more repetitive, you know, had some fucking catchphrases or something, <laughs> did some shit you did every week, then people would fucking catch on and go, oh, yeah, those are the guys that fucking do that. And they'll fucking love it, you know. It's a simple formula. It works for me, you know. I'm... And, I've got, you know, all these years of experience. You guys are just like some young kids, you know? You just fucking started out in life. you got a lot of fucking <laughs> life experience for experience, you know? I've been there. I've done all that shit. I know. I fucking know what works. I know, people know what works for me as well. So that's what they want to see. You know, I don't want to go on about this too long, but, but that's just how it works, you know? And fucking... I think you got cut off. Uh, here we go. Hey, Sylvester. This is Sylvester. Okay, sorry, man. I have a fucking my uh, my fingers slipped. And I fucking pushed the stop button. Man, fucking, I was just getting to the flow. But yeah, I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. You know, mm-hmm. people have an expectation to Sly, and Sly has his own nature. You know, I cannot change what I am. You know. <laughs> I can change how I look. That's how I've got these big fucking muscles, you know? You can do that as well. You guys should fucking do that. Come on. Fucking get down that gym now, all of you. Everyone listening, get down the gym. We all look like Sly. It'll be fucking 
It'd be beautiful, man. But yeah, fucking, I can't remember what I was saying. I, was, <laughs> I just got carried away again, man. But, you know, fucking, you keep at it. You keep fighting a good fight, like Sly, you know? I come here every week. People expect that, and fucking, they love it, you know? People will love you soon enough, and mm. I just, like I said, I just try to share the love and fucking get you guys, you know, somewhere, somewhere good, you know? I could fucking, I could take this shit and fucking go call in the GGTMC every week or one of them other fucking podcasts, you know? But they don't fucking, they wouldn't appreciate it as much as you guys, you know? I know that you guys love Sly, and you fucking, <laughs> you need Sly's help. You need Sly's fucking wisdom and experience. Like I said, you're just kids. Fucking, you kids who fucking, when you get to my age, you'll fucking see. You'll be like, yeah, Sly was right. Fucking, look at my body now. I look like Sly, and I know that Sly was right. Fucking, I can guarantee that, you know? But anyway, I, I don't want to carry on going on about that. I just want to make sure that everyone knows to go out and buy my fucking movie, Bullet to the Head, on Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> it's the greatest action movie of all time. Fucking, it's got the stuff you love. It's got my muscles. It's got my dick, you know. I'm wearing the pants, but you can fucking make it out. It's got my face. <laughs> you know, people love the face. It's got my tattoos. The tattoos are amusing. And, you know, it's got the, the guy from the Fast and Furious films. Yeah, those films are, are almost like The Expendables, but not quite as good because they haven't got slides. But this is good because it has got slides. It's fucking great. And then, you know, it's got titties in there. Lots of titties. You know, I fucking love that, man. That film is brilliant. And it's fucking explosions, guns, fucking all kinds of shit, you know? It's got the fucking new Conan. Fucking Jason Momoa, Momo. you know, yeah, <laughs> fucking go watch it, go buy it, you know, buy two copies, give it to your friends, you fucking love it, it's the greatest action movie of all time, guaranteed. Uh, uh, I feel like that's a conversation we already had tonight, maybe, maybe if we were more repetitive, things could work out a little differently. We do this podcast once a week, that's uh, Um, what? The, uh... So apparently Americans are naming their baby girls Khaleesi after the chick from the blonde chick from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got one more. And I'm not sure who this one's from. So let's see. What, you pair of fucking cunts? Jason fucking oh, Statham. There you go. Yeah? It's Jason uh, fucking I've been Statham. listening to your podcast. Silver and Gold is called, apparently. Never heard of it before. Someone told me <laughs> that... Uh, some bloke was on there bad mouthing me the other week. Wait, this sounds really old. <laughs> I swear this just came in. Uh, Steve Austin. Oh, okay. He's like the uh, fucking bionic man, isn't he? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I thought that was fucking Lee Majors. He must be about 112 by now. But anyway, he was ringing up and saying some shit about me and some shit about my good mate Sylvester Stallone. Well, frankly, I ain't gonna have any of that shit. I don't care if you are a fucking bionic man. I'll rip your fucking arms off and stuff them down your fucking throat, you cunt. What? Uh, that, uh, that geezer Cody rang up last week. He was talking about some <laughs> film that I'm in called Homefront, which is uh, it's an action thriller uh, coming to a theatre near you soon. Also starring uh, James Franco. Lovely geezer, James Franco. Collects antique thimbles. Very nice man. Uh, Winona Ryder's in it as well. And, uh, you know, I had her a couple of times. Kate Bosworth was in it. <laughs> Had her a couple of times too. 
And uh, so it's based on a, a script that my very good mate Sylvester Stallone wrote for himself many moons ago when he was a younger man. Wasn't a fitter man then, because there is no fitter man on the face of the fucking planet than Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, but anyway, my good mate Sly, he said, I can't do the voice, he said, Hey, Jason, uh, I'm too old for this movie. Would you like to do it? Uh, I said, yeah, all Something right, fucking like no problem, Sly. And uh, so there you go. I wanted to get Sly to direct it. Uh, he was too busy, though. He's working on uh, Expendables uh, 3 and 4 and 5, <laughs> I believe, and 6 uh, as well, maybe. Um, so I said to the studio, look, I want fucking Sam Peckinpah. They said, you stupid cunt, he's dead. I said, fair enough, all right. So uh, anyway, we got this bloke, Gar- Gary Fleder, Fleder. Stupid fucking name. I don't know what his fucking name is. <laughs> and um, he's shit, frankly. He's made a load of fucking crap films. <laughs> he made, you know that movie, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead? Yeah? I tell you what, watching that film made me wish I was fucking dead because it's <laughs> fucking crap. Anyway, I had to fucking be in this film with this bloke. I did my best. I hope you like it. I apologise in advance. Any problems you've got with the film, don't, you know, don't, don't fucking tell me. Tell him. Tell the fucking director, all right? Anyway, uh, I very much enjoy your show. Uh, I like all the talk about uh, rape and misogyny <laughs> and uh, all that stuff. And um, keep up the good work, boys. See you later. Oh, Stath. steam toward the end. Stath forgot that he's called into our show quite a few times, I think. <laughs> like, Maybe that uh, wasn't him. Maybe that was an imposter. Oh, wait, no. Watch your mouth. Uh, that's it for Feed Sack. Um. Yeah, I think he's Spanish. Yep, Spain. So uh, next week on the show, um, Jeff on the group um, recommended we do a. Let's see, fresh out of the insane asylum, maybe double feature. Maybe I might refine that name a little bit. Um, with uh, Crazy Max, Mad Max, and uh. Uh, yeah, Mad Max and Crazy Klaus. Um, so we're going to do The Night Visitor from 1971 with Max von Sydow. And we're going to do Creature with the Blue Hand from 1967 or Die Blau Hand with Klaus Kinski. So yeah, some Mind creepy sure. shit. Homicidal maniacs and shit and stuff. Um, you can always send us feedback to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes or at silvaandgold.com or on Stitcher. And, uh, yeah, join our Facebook group or something. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Whatever. And um, Your Facebook group. Uh, yeah, something. You guys join you guys Facebook group. Um, I'm gonna go like eat some chocolate. Zom, do you have anything else this week? I gotta edit the show. I still gotta put the show out tonight. I gotta Jeez. shit so bad. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add this week? Um, no. Nah, I don't either. Until next week. Thank you all. Oh, and check out Double Page Spread. I was listening to the Superman episode this week. Wendy couldn't be on this week. She was going to join in on the phone this evening, but couldn't make the show. But check out her show, Double Page Spread. She's on the iTunes and shit. Um, Listen to the Superman talk. And if you don't like Man of Steel, learn to like comic book movies. Butthole. 
Until next week, <laughs> this is Loaf Oot. Song Oot. Bye. Bye.